Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Krakoa Radio. It is me, your fabulous host, the Omega Level Bottom. Sorry to you, my friend on the internet. I can think of your of your at name right now, who also wears the name Omega Level Bottom on Twitter. Me, House of Night, Table Night, Just X Henry, with my fellow co-host, the infamous, um, yet charming black word hello 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 it's the favorite one the great one the excellent one mm. you know um i hear shade from the peanut gallery but uh, i'm also sober and <laughs> sober wow. uh, shade i snatched the sun out the sky wow oh it's beautiful baby i love the night uh van dog come for you yellow jacket You know, I'm here. I'm feeling great. I just got off work and nothing bad happened. And, you know, getting ready to become a professor full time. So, you know, I'm feeling lavish right now. Welcome to Table Dusk. Oh, God. Also, our fellow charming Omega Level top, um, a god in his own right, um, powers with upper limits that no one knows of. Dr. Showtime. Um, welcome all. Welcome all. Welcome all. This is the representative of Table Dawn, the uh, the one seated at the winner's table, the undefeated one, you know, just so we're clear. The traitor's table. Wow. I said winner's table. Wow. But you forgot to say traitor. Your poets and your cops. The trendsetters, baby. <laughs> The cops are the trendsetters? Ooh. Ooh. Is Laura Serrata a cop? That's the ultimate question. We don't even know yet because these goddamn publishing issues prevent us from getting access to the truth. Mm. Our lovely fourth co-host, uh, the Wing Garvante, is on a galactic mission for Abigail Brand to resolve some things from S.W.O.R.D. They will be back next issue with us. And today we are reviewing Knights of X, number one, finally. And Sabretooth number three by the talented Victor Laval. Uh, we are stands, Victor. We are stands. Uh, listen, listen, I love Victor. Um, <laughs> Victor is fantastic. If you've never heard of his work before, the Ballad of Black Tom is one of the most revolutionary books. Like, in terms of what it's like, it's like Lovecraft Country, except better, um, and not written by a white man. Like, if you know anything about H.P. Lovecraft, you know he loves portraying uh, people of color as being susceptible, susceptible to demonic possession and betray, uh, potential traitors to proper society. Um, so the book is all about the people that H.P. Lovecraft portrayed like that, the people who were side with Cthulhu and the rest of them, and why they did it. And it is <laughs> one of the best representations of Black rage you could ever possibly read. Victor Victor definitely had an angry childhood, and I love that for him. <laughs> Listen, go check that shit out. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. More more Black rage in that porn than that porno nigga's revenge too. <laughs> wow 
that, 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 that was that was that was no shade to Vic. That was more shade to that porno because child, <laughs> child, child. You know he might listen to this. <laughs> he might so, actually yeah. listen to this. Hey, Victor, so, if you didn't go through the episodes before this, this is every day for us. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's so like you know, you know, sidebar, like you know. Biggest Revenge One never saw the light of day. It disappeared off the complete porn lexicon. No one knows where it is. That is like, it's like no one like like. It's like how no one can find any like the the original thug porn videos. A lot of them are gone. Like Like, Thugzilla gone. Right. You can find Niggas Revenge Two. You cannot find Niggas Revenge One. It does not exist. I have looked for because I am very curious. You know, some white man. Some white man in like Kentucky. Probably has a DVD box set stashed in a crate somewhere. Because it's on <laughs> DVD Niggas and Revenge DVD One, <laughs> right? Exactly. Somewhere. <laughs> Someone has it, and if they smart, they will auction that bitch off on eBay. And get that coin. Listen, we got we got quests starting out in X Men right now. This is our quest. This is our holy right. grail. We're hunting for Niggas Revenge One. Uh, <laughs> an even deeper sidebar you know what i love to do i love sequel names to shit right <laughs> because it's ever since i watched um breaking two electric boogaloo <laughs> the greatest name for a sequel that can ever exist you will never out <laughs> breaking two electric boogaloo i talk about art you know i love art. you know art. i feel like it was a white man in a room, but you know, every once in a while, a white man makes something or says something trying to be trendy and it fucks around and makes something perfect, like Storm. <laughs> Storm being a complete accident. None of us know why we fuck with her so much, but then it's like, but you can tell, right? There's something about her. You just want to fuck with her. Um, oh my God. Is that or when uh, some, white, some white dude on Twitter tried to drag us, some troll, and called us night skins? Oh called Black Folk Night Skins, and it just stuck because it's like actually that goes the fuck off. I love to be a night skin. Oh, yeah, we reclaimed that. We reclaimed that very quickly. Very quickly, they got fan art. They got yeah, poetry. Hashtags. <laughs> the Night Skins. It does. It, it does sounds like a good YA a novel. Cute, like, you know, a YA novel. They go up. Graphic novel. It's it sounds cute. Mm-hmm. I want a mutant with the power of the turn. Like, oh no, we already got one. We already got one. Lactuka. Lactuka's a night skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like it. I can't. It's funny. No one, everyone only gets us through the audio, which is interesting because we are now allowed, according to uh, to Anchor, to do video podcasts if you ever choose. We probably won't. Some of us be looking busted sometimes up in here. Me, I'm talking about me. I be looking busted sometimes. Today is like a rare, I'm like giving a chest moment. Um, but y'all can't see Henry's reaction. Henry has a migraine right now. <laughs> every joke I make <laughs> and let's be very clear I have a big head so y'all can imagine the pain that I'm in right now like I barely like see I'm holding my head up because like it's just I would kill myself Gene Grey style myself. migraines right now that's how you know you yeah. don't make a little bottom migraines uh, Scott yeah yeah wow because I was bottoming last night and I fainted it was just like it was like oh <laughs> I'd be out here in the street, like dodging fire, tripping over dicks and shit for no reason. You see, see me in the middle of Brooklyn, out motherfucking Best Eye, tripping the middle of the street. That's me. 
my bottom powers just be like they be on like overtime. You detect a powerful top nearby. <laughs> right. Why? 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 Why do I have to get the, get the fainting power? Why have to get that? What did I do? Listen, it's the it's it's just the weaknesses you have to bear. You know, I've been designing this X Men. I be doing nerdy shit sometimes. I'm designing an X Men D and D campaign from scratch, right? Just for fun, this is shits and giggles because no one asked me to do it. I just noticed it doesn't exist. And I know Marvel just came out with that role play game that everyone in tabletop hates because it's not a good like. Of course, with Marvel shit, they never make a good anything. Not since Marvel Legends have they ever made anything good as a game, uh-huh. except for Spider Man Two, Miles Morales. Um, but it's it's cheating. It's like you can't call Batman Spider Man games like a real thing because it's just gonna be good on its own. So that's separate. Yeah. I don't think what was the last good Marvel video game outside of like because you can't count X Men Legends. Yeah, because like before Marvel, like outside of X Men Legends and Marvel vs. Capcom, before they kicked the X Men out of it, um, I can't think of any good Marvel game because even like Avengers, that Avengers game is like I play with my friends regularly. I haven't played it in a while. Like it's a good game for like we like for you and your Judy's to play together, but the game is pretty monotonous and pretty whack. Yeah, it looks um, like it. It is. It is very. It, but it's a lot of fun to play with your good girlfriends when you high. It was the COVID game for me and my girlfriends over over COVID. It's like with your friends who don't really be gaming like that, so they don't know what quality right. is. Right, 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 right. But I don't, think I don't know, child. Games that are out there. For me, it was the Marvel Legends. I think it's called Marvel Legends. Um, you know me and memes with things. I don't ever be getting oh, that shit I mean, right. I know what you're talking about. I, I but know, it's I like Wanda's, and it, it's like everyone's introduction to uh, to um, High Key. I want to say that's why Deadpool became so popular was because of that game. Because you could play him. And he had the most broken ability when he just pop anywhere. Um, but yeah, that's one of the last few good games. And then the second one was kind of trash. But then that's when the X-Men Legends one started popping off. And then you get the second, the first one where you fought the Brotherhood of Mutants, and then the second one where you fought Apocalypse. And, right. you know, but the tabletop community hates this game because it's just not, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. It's not D20 compatible. It's not a 5e system. And so I just made my own X Men one, and it's, do, it's going well. Um, maybe I might throw it up on a Patreon if we ever throw that up. Um, I don't know why we never got that game back at the PlayStation Store. Like they have so many like old school games in the PlayStation Store. That game would like I would. The rights are probably that. all over the place. The film, the rights yeah. for that game is probably all over the goddamn place. Like, um, I don't know who got the rights to the X Men video games. Yeah, I just know that's high key why Capcom probably didn't include as many X Men because when you talk about like after that lawsuit to get Wanda and Quicksilver shit started getting like a little weird about what rights go with where and so with marvel games they say specifically avengers members sometimes and with that they mean like you can have wolverine because technically he overlaps you can possibly get beast depending on like how hard you want to fight for it you will never get storm is back because storm as much as she is a avengers staple sometimes like oh you, you see storm in an avengers team you know there must be a good issue She's still definitively X-Men. Right. I right. don't know. It's one of those weird caveat issues. I'm not sure if Showtime you ever gamed with all this I'm stuff, not but really a big, it's neither here nor there. Gamer, but I did play X-Men Legends. And I played those uh well, I played the um original new Spider-Man uh for PlayStation game. I haven't gotten a Miles Morales one because I have yeah, a game when- 
And when I ordered the game, I also ordered a PS5 that I still can't fucking get. Fuck them up. What? Raise hell. Beat their yeah, ass. PS, the PS, PS5 are pretty much like innate. Like, it's, I don't know. It's, I know one person that has one, and that's Dow Jones on Twitter. I don't know anyone that, that like got a. My friend PS5. has one, but in Ohio, it's easier to get shit because, like, it's Ohio. <laughs> like, I could probably, like, we, I've been trying to get my friends to make sure we get tickets to Multiverse of Madness this week ahead of time. And everyone's like, What are you talking about, Steven? I was like, It's going to be sold out when we go. We want to get good seats. He says, We'll get seats. It's like, we just go to one of the 20 billion fucking movie theaters in the area because all we do is eat food and go to movies. <laughs> I gotta look at my schedule because I want to, like, like, I really want to see that movie. I really want to see it. But I, I've, like, everybody, like, like, I'm in New York City. You know I'm probably fucked. Oh, yeah. You probably, probably seen on, that for another week. That, just, yeah. you know, hang out on but Twitter I really for like an it. hour. And you'll see the whole fucking movie. Did you just spoil, baby? Did you just spoil? I deactivated my Twitter. Is that when my following went down? I have no <laughs> social media right now. I took all my social medias down. Oh, uh, you're on cleanse? Yeah, man, I gotta like, I gotta like, like high key, like privately, confidentially. My mental health is in like the shitter right now. <laughs> said confidentially, as we are live on air. <laughs> yeah, like confidentially, my my mental health is in the shitter, so I need to like decompress some stuff and refocus and reassess and focus Listen, on some other things right now. While it be like that, we love you, we support you. You can do whatever you want. It is interesting. I did get recommended to follow you on TikTok, and I just didn't do it. Oh, I don't do anything. It ain't nothing's on my TikTok, but like I know that's why I didn't off. follow you. You don't post nothing. Yeah, yeah I, me. I I'm a. Uh, I'm pushing thirty thousand likes, and I don't um, have a TikTok, so there's that. There's not anything. I don't. I, I just don't understand. I just the reason why I don't have a TikTok is because I don't understand TikTok. It's like, chaotic. I, I, it, it, it's like it's like it's not user friendly. Like it's like maybe it's not, and it's racist. Yeah, like I'm too old to understand TikTok, and it's extremely and racist. And the second that, part of it is like I'm afraid to be arguing with people all day. Like I used to argue with people on Twitter all day. I I be I be on TikTok so triggered all the time. It's trying to do that because it knows like this is the thing I know about TikTok. Just for me, because I understand the social media analytics of it. It's trying to draw. It understands that negative engagement. A first is the best kind of engagement. It will keep people on. It will keep people in like actually doing stuff, it'll keep them commenting, they'll stay on the app. And that's more ad revenue for them. Right. They know like, that you... it's it's the biggest means for you to generate content because you're just reacting. It's like literally with me, as soon as I say anything about race one time, it starts showing me Trump supporters, racist, uh weird um fucking interracial dating black men, um black men with blue eye contacts. It would show me anything just to get a response out of me. And when I and like if I interacted with it, my other videos would just get more traction suddenly. Like all my shit was just doing better. But then I was like, actually, I'm too damn old. I don't want to be arguing with these motherfuckers. I do enough of that shit on Twitter, and you ain't paid me to to do this shit. And then they just stopped. But that's basically how it goes with TikTok. I'd rather just I'm gonna do it anywhere. I'm doing it on Twitter. But right. speaking of rage, let's start Yay. with Sabertooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's 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 talk about let's talk about let's talk about mm-hmm. uh 
Kokoa's Revenge. The book that I hope spins out into a longer book that is uh, an ongoing series called Exiles. This is me hoping and praying that Victor LaValle gets booked for that. Um, So the book opens with a quote from Thomas Paine that says, a body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not to be trusted by anybody. So... Period, period. So we start out um, getting the backstory of uh, what happened uh, with Melter and why he was tossed into the pit. It turns out that he, uh, when his powers activated, accidentally melted both of his parents. He was given amnesty, um, as all Krakoan, all mutants were when they came to Krakoa, uh, when he came to Krakoa. Um, and then he spent time um, quote unquote, practicing using his powers by uh, melting parts of Krakoa. He didn't realize the first time that he did it that um, he was actually harming Krakoa because Krakoa is a living island, which, why wow, you didn't know that, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Professor Xavier comes over and tells him, hey, cut that shit out because if you do it again, we're going to fuck you the fuck up. Um, and then he does it again because he is acti- actively looking for uh, where the Quiet Council meets. Um, he is uh, able to. Uh, he is able to. Sorry. He is able to locate where the Quiet Council is um, and breaks into the Quiet Council's chamber. Um, then we pan over to. This is going to be an issue that is going through why everybody's in the um, in the pit. By the way, um, then we pan over to. Um, the dreams, the nightmare escape, the whatever escape that uh, Sabretooth is leading in hell, uh, where it looks like they are escaping from Alcatraz. Um, then uh, we find out that how they are able to uh, sort of semi-escape the pit is uh, they're able to project themselves onto the island using materials from the island. Uh, so Oya and Necra, uh, the two black girls, um, even though Necro does not look black, but she's black, um, are projected onto the island as sand and stone. Uh, and as they walk around on the island, they come across Bling and have a brief conversation uh, with Bling about uh, things that they're looking to uh, find on the island. Um, Third Eye is projected as plant matter into, um, I forget this guy's name. He looks very like um, prehuman mole. Okay. Um, it's projected into Mole's office. Um, And so the plan then becomes uh, that they're going to utilize, uh, they're going to utilize sort of underground means of getting the word out about how things are going uh, with the pit um, and how, and hopefully um, stimulate conversation around getting them um, freed from the pit. Madison Jeffries is a cloud of microplastics and I want y'all to know how disgusting that sounds. Um, he comes across Skin um, and has uh, works out a plan with Skin um, to do much the same that uh, Third Eye is doing with Mole. Um, Melter again um, is seen in the Quiet Council room with Charles Xavier and gets banished to the pit, um, only to find uh, Sabretooth is in the hellscape um, and tears hit. Uh, tears a hole through his chest, um, and then the Quiet Council um, becomes different versions of uh, Victor Creed, a child, a businessman, uh, the regular, very rapey uh, serial killer that uh, Sabretooth is, um, and a cat. 
a cat for no fucking reason. Um, and they're holding uh, Melter accountable uh, for the things that he did to get tossed into the pit in the first place. Uh, then we pan back over to the Green Lagoon, uh, where Skin has come up to uh, Fred Dukes, the blob, um, uh, to sort of set out a plan um, uh, to uh, assist the folks who were thrown into the pit. Bling does the same thing. Mole does the same thing. Uh, and they go on. Um, there's a data page that discuss that discusses uh, utilizing uh, black artists um, and spreading uh, jazz music specifically uh, throughout the world. The CIA was doing that as a way to sort of infiltrate um, American exceptionality um, across the globe and to utilize uh, those folks as sort of a basis for uh, spy works. Um, then we, we realize, we go back to in real life inside the pit, uh, where they're all sort of just hanging in suspended animation. Uh, third eye, um, Astro projects out of his body. Melter somehow figures out, um, how to get closer to Victor and initiates use of his powers while he's knocked out and ends up, uh, melting, uh, Victor down to his skeleton. Um, we noticed that Oya and Necra have sort of moved within the, the pit uh, so that they are essentially holding hands uh, while they are under the influence of the pit. Uh, so we're seeing that they are able to sort of influence uh, their positioning within the pit. And then the issue closes. Thoughts, comments, critiques, criticisms, rude comments, you know, those are always my favorite. As Jerry Duggan might say, uh, mm-hmm. they were too fucked around and found out. <laughs> I don't know why you antagonize the one mutant whose power is actually the one thing you can't heal from. Because um, <laughs> he was melting pieces of, of Krakoa. And Krakoa Real cute, baby. Like, Bitch, I'm about to snatch all this energy from all of y'all because y'all got me oh. fucked up. <laughs> that hurt, nigga. <laughs> like, this is I nothing mean, there anymore. It reminds me of the old adage that says behind um, every crazy white boy is a crazier white boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with Showtime. He fucked around and found out because Melton was like, oh, Miss Mamas, you, you think you get out of here? Oh, you're not going anywhere. You definitely mm-hmm. say, if I'm not leaving, bitch, you're not leaving. You know, you ever see Buffy, the vampire slayer, like season, I think season five, season four, when uh, she's fighting Glory and then the first thing she says when she squares up with old girl is, I owe you pain. And she just starts torturing her. I love that. It was a yeah, Willow like, moment. And we love Willow moments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Was like, nah. Oh. You don't fuck with someone who idolizes Xavier. They're, they're all crazy white people. Um, top of the list uh, of the crazy white people who idolize uh, Xavier is Storm, when she's written by a white person. It's a very specific kind of storm. Storm written by white, I mean, more specific, storm written by white men who is not the one we actually respect. The yeah, bisexual. Because we respect the fuck out of Al Ewing around here, around these parts. Al Ewing is allowed because he yeah. has spent the time to actually have read through the comics and is just as much a fan as the rest of us. So he gets it. He's not going to write her stupid. I feel uh-huh. like. 
I feel like Al went through definitely. I think Al was in these Twitter, uh, these uh, X Twitter streets, you know, on an alt maybe on an alt account. He's on these streets talking to uh, World's Wind and whatnot, fielding complaints, viewing what people want to say, what they want. I feel like we're gonna get a magic moment pretty soon. It's gonna happen. But I really wanted to highlight what Victor is doing with including Thomas Paine in this. I, I said it on Twitter. People don't know this about me, but I have read Common Sense cover to cover. I know that shit. That's one of my favorite bits of nonfiction. It's Common Sense by Thomas Paine. I love that book. It taught me about radical exceptionalism. It taught me about protest and the power of words to like kind of hold people accountable. If you never read Common Sense, you will read that shit today. And he has a lot of great things to say, namely the parts about the powers of secrecy and like the obligation of the people to strike fear into the hearts of the people in power. And I think it really is applicable when looking at Krakoa and how Sabretooth perceives it, because these are powerful people who be walking on that goddamn edge, the razor's edge of just doing questionable shit. And because they are the most powerful things, not just like politically, but in this case, literally, you have so much power just at the fingertips. Xavier, not the Omega telepath, but damn near basically powerful enough to do whatever he wants. Uh, Magneto, an Omega-level mutant. Mystique, one of the most deadliest women in the world. Sinister, batshit fucking crazy white man Nazi with a fucking fascination. Not a doctorate. He's not a Nazi. Not anymore. a doctorate. I know that's splitting hairs. As we establish an immortal X-Men, we will never, we will never forget that he is. <laughs> he he named he namely said that he is not a racist because he thinks all people are beneath him, which is still therefore being a racist. <laughs> it's what, just what, you're what, being very reddit about it. So the thing that like Sinister actually deleted his genetic uh implicit bias. So like, he, <laughs> no, that's what he said. I know that's what he said, but it's so ridiculous. <laughs> well, I, will, I, 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 will, I will say that I will say that that white racism is, is completely genetic. I think he erased his genetic yeah. racism. I don't think he deleted his psychological and social racism, namely how much he wanted to antagonize Storm and how he doesn't like Raven, even though Raven, I feel like Raven's a black woman. No one can confirm this for me. No one will confirm this for me. Um, I think Raven's a black woman. Yeah. And I and, and I think and I think uh, Mystique is a uh, Latina. And I mistake um Destiny's she's Latina. Did you see them hips on that damn? Oh yeah, she's been eating. Baby, she's, baby, baby, she's Dominican. <laughs> she is Dominican. I mean, that was a Dominican name. But hey, she Polish, know, Jewish, or she could be she could she could be a. Hey, she could be Spanish Jewish. Okay. True. She's from Spain. <laughs> Cause mama got hip. Mama, mama, mama's had hip for days. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that, those times did like you just watch the Irene Adler episode no, of listen to Cerebro. it crisp like six times. And Connor Goldsmith. Every time he mentions uh, I, uh, Irene Adler, Destiny, always reminds us, I think she's Jewish, even though she's never been confirmed to be anything in particular other than white. See, Connor gets mm -hmm. us. We do the same exact shit. 
You know, if any white person, I would actually say, I wouldn't mind voting on the left player once as Connor, but we don't do guest appearances. So love you. Sorry, Connor. We'll guest on yours. <laughs> sorry, we love you, baby. Love you. We don't do cut. We'll guest on years. You just we we just don't do it here. We have a very fickle balance, you know. Um, very four personality types that just work. All right. <laughs> we throw something else Mom. into the kitchen, things just go. Yeah. <laughs> but overall. Um, the Thomas Paine aspect of this works well. Victor is a powerful writer. I think it speaks to life about, like, Marvel is definitely reaching out to non-comic writers to orchestrate these narratives, and it's just working. Like, I feel like across the board, every single issue that we've ever seen that's been written by people who are not comic writers but are just good writers, period, um, has turned out well. Like Roxanne Gay introduced us to the mm-hmm. entire dynamic of the Midnight Angels. That entire thing was Roxanne Gay's own Gay's own imagination of this is what a gay um, Wakandan like relationship would build. Like this is what that entire scene looks like across the decoration, the landscape of everything happening in the background of Black Panther. Um, Tiny Hissy mm-hmm. Coates' run on Black Panther itself deeply political, deeply invigorative, and deeply important to people's understanding of what Wakanda should be, not whatever the MCU wants to and do right John now. John Ridley's follow-up uh, run on Black Panther has started out just as amazingly, and John is having a discussion or a narrative around um, uh, African elitism and exceptionalism specific to Wakanda and how fucked up that is uh-huh. to hold resources uh-huh. in a, on a continent uh-huh. where resources have been stripped from the rest of your neighbors. Uh-huh. Nanetti Okorafor did the exact same shit because she was not seeing it for it during the Shuri, uh, Shuri comic. She directly impl- uh, implemented Africa proper as a personality and as a force to for people who would sit there and look at Wakanda and go, you motherfuckers are shady and disgusting. Because it's like, y'all are on some Uncle Tom shit because that's literally what y'all are doing. Like, in the real world, that's what y'all would look like. Is Like, I feel like if Wakanda actually existed in the real world, I would not fuck with them. Honestly, politically, it wouldn't happen. Um, the fantasy of it, though, I love it. If it existed <laughs> the fantasy in a, is in a be vacuum, I, um, I like Wakanda. But because it does not exist in a vacuum in the world that it exists in, then it's like, well, y'all are kind of fucked up a little bit. Yeah, because Wakanda is basically the Huxtables of like Africa. Is it like Wakanda is immensely problematic on a, on a lot of levels? I think we don't really discuss like how that same classism exists in the black community, especially somebody from Beaver mm-hmm. County, Maryland. Um, <laughs> uh, one one day we will have a, a we, one day when I get back to Twitter, we're gonna have a discussion about uh, about black exceptionalism and and classism and colorism that exists. In Prince George's County, because the people do not experience racism whatsoever, um, and and the, and the level of anti-blackness that goes on in PG County, um, y'all would not like me after that. But you know, that's another story for another time. However, as PG County, I think there's actually oh, a no, good no, no, story no, for no, this. Let's, let's talk. I think there's a perfect story for this. Yeah, because PG County is the Wakanda of the black community in the United States of America because it has seven of the richest black cities in the United States, and growing up in PG County. You never explicitly experience racism because your leadership is black, your cops are black, your businesses are black. Now, you will definitely experience colorism. You will definitely experience classism. You will definitely be at the mercy of black exceptionalism. That's why me and the black gays in D.C. generally never got along because I was not college educated. 
And because I've just been a bartender all my life with some college education here or there, I was not invited to a lot of spaces because I lacked education. If it wasn't for the level of some desirability that I had in my 30s by being fit with a barrel chest, I would have not gotten any love in D.C. And that is very If it real. wasn't for your fat ass, if it wasn't for I mean, that, that powerful like, bus. If I didn't have some level of, of desirability back in my 30s, I, in my in my late twenties, I would not gotten anywhere in DC because DC gays do not allow you in their space unless you're educated. That's why, like, this is why I'm gonna say this not to be triggering. Showtime, I'm a purposes. This is not shade. This is why I really don't like Greek gays in DC because a lot of them is like, oh, I'm Greek and you can't sit with us, and I'm just like, girl, like, I support you being Greek. I am very happy for you. I go to Howard University. You can't sit with us, girl. Shut up. I know what the PG Community College. Nothing to be ashamed of. We all are getting there in our own way, but it's just like the elitism that happens with it. I think like people need to really do like like a Wakanda book that really unpacks the layers of things that go on. And especially like living in PG County, you definitely experience like being lower middle class. I might be considered probably even lower class. I might be considered poor. But I might never realize I never I never felt the weights of being poor in the essence of like I grew up with a single mom and I, I just, yeah, you like, don't really conceptualize it until you're older. Like, oh shit, I was like yeah. that lower middle class yeah, shit that doesn't actually exist. You were just poor. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm were like, poor. Get, period. Getting one pair of shoes a year to go to school, or like being told that like if I wanted Tim's, I had to go to get I had to go get a job because she could not afford Tim's. She's raising four kids on her own. I get it. However, I think people don't realize like like growing up in Largo, Maryland, with a bunch of rich ass kids. Or like even like one of my other girlfriends who went to a private school. These motherfuckers was in motherfucking private school at Queen Anne and motherfucker up Marlboro, Maryland, doing coke in high school. How can you afford coke? Yeah. I could barely afford Boone Farm and motherfucking uh, Black and Miles, and you in here doing coke. And I bet coke was good too back in the nineties because that was before fentanyl. <laughs> but it's like I just like you know I just like I just that should like, be I'm funny, like, but that was funny as hell to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Cause I like I live in Upper Marlboro Largo like since the eighties, like since eighty six. And I remember like in my little neighborhood that was like on two oh two, one way in, one way out, and cornfields, and I remember to play how to go seek in the cornfields and get chased by the greyhounds. Cause back then it was country. We lived by tobacco barns and cornfields. Then like something happened and some some big rich boom happened. And even like my mother, no shade, mother, I love you to death. This is not shade. But my mother like moved us, like she didn't want us to, my mother's from Southeast DC. She did not want us growing up in Southeast. She wanted us to grow up in Maryland. But like that mm-hmm. level of black exceptionalism or like, you know, the perceived like, I, I, I will say that by leaps and bounds, my family has come a long way as far as being aware of, of how black elitism comes across, but also my family's full of blue-collar workers. I would say probably only 10% of us completed college. Um, everybody's a blue-collar worker. They both have jobs with, like, pensions. They all work for the federal government. They all work for some corporate entity, whatever. But I think that people don't really don't talk about, like, how immensely problematic an elitist black society could be to those who are on the outside of it or to those who are on the inside of it who do not have the same access to wealth or uh, property. But I think it's mostly just a thing, like, what exactly what this comment is talking about, like, the shuttering of your perspective to yeah. fit into, like, your perception of how the world can aspire to be through what you say is okay. Um, because I, I think I'm in the middle ground. I am college educated. I just got my master's. Um, I, oh, then, man. thank you, thank you. 
Um, but I'm not a first-generation college student. My grandfather went to college. He didn't graduate. In fact, I'm the first person in my family uh, immediately to have gone through college and finished it, but I'm not the first one to be exposed to it. Um, by far, I'm rated as the most intelligent one in my family, but I went from there right back to the hood, like flat out. It just wasn't that much of a bump in terms of anything. It's a personal success, but it's not going to be something that is perceived like that. And the amount of doors that I can literally see open and close in accordance to what things I present immediately, um, it's just in buckles. Like people see me online, that blue check mark, and they expect it to have a representation of immediate access to things. But in reality, when I walk to those doors, there's a bunch of other shutters. Like in journalism, period, there are all those exact same things. And I'm going to be real, Black Greek is at the start of it. Um, not to criticize it, I do aspire for a lot with Black Greek life actually represents. I had conversations with a few authors and a few journalists who also are in Black Greek life. They said, yeah, a lot of opportunities I was able to receive that has given me a amount of success that I have. Uh, one of them even being George M. Johnson was like, yeah, I got the opportunity through my Greek life. You should consider thinking about that going forward. The only reason I did not was because I did not think I had characteristics that I would do well um, in that process. I'm, so I just I'm decided not to do it. interrupt you here if you don't mind. So essentially, that is Go literally ahead. the purpose of Black Greek life, is that because yeah. um, white folks have had a network of folks to help them through all of the things that they get and are successful with. Um, what the attempt was, was to do, was to create something similar for black folks. And that is literally the whole purpose of Greek life in general um, is that while that the goal is also mm -hmm. to help communities and do whatever that each individual group, it's essentially community services common amongst all nine of the divine nine. And then each one has like their own focus within that. Mm -hmm. um, that the attempt was to create that same exceptionalism networking opportunities that white people inherently get for black folks to be successful as well. That that was the whole, that was the whole thought behind that. Right. And I get that. And I always agree with that. That's why I'm like, as much as I, I laugh at the jokes about being life, because they're just sometimes funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, fundamentally, the role of Greek life and what it was meant to do is something that is phenomenal and important. It's a part of our history. Um, but then you get to where it gets perverse. Like, Henry, say you did go to college and you did go through everything they say you had to do. They will literally then whip out the second tier listing things of well, did you pledge a, black, a traditionally black fraternity? And I'd go, no, my undergrad, we weren't allowed to do it because every time we tried to bring a divine nine to the school, they would tell us no. And specifically some organizations told us we couldn't because we don't have a substantial black demographic um, at the school. So as a PWI, where if we brought the um, organization to the school, you would not be able to sustain the idea that this fraternity staying traditionally black. And then I'm like, okay, cool. But then... Like, how do I get a part of these organizations at PWI when that's not me available to me? Then they would look at you and go, well, you could have just went to HBCU. And I would go, no, I couldn't afford an HBCU. That wasn't one of my options. Um, I did not have the money or the means for me to be able to do that and be able to live comfortably and or be able to, I don't know, go to sleep without an anxiety attack every week. Um, and then they would look at you and go, well, you still should have did it. If you're, true, if you're as pro-Black as you want to say or you want the opportunities that you say you want, you would have made this concession. 
And then you have to just move forward with that, with that demerit. Every single step of the way where people hear where I went to school, specifically in New Jersey, because that's where I went to school in, it's in New Jersey. There's always that demerit of whether or not I went to HBCU, um, whether or not my exceptionalism was up to par with that, and whether or not I conscripted to that. So then I went, okay, for a master's program, I'll look into it. No master's program operated from MFA. Not a single you know, one. You <laughs> know, you know, you know. I'm not. I'm not going. I'll say this. I'm not going to say I completely agree or disagree with what you're saying, but I think that's part of like the hurt I feel sometimes living, living, live, having lived in Prince George County, Maryland, was that I did not achieve certain black things or black spaces to be allowed in other black spaces. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's particularly with just Greek culture. It's like, well, you didn't go here. You didn't go there. You don't know this person. You know this person. It's like me being black and trying, it just was never enough. And I, right. and I felt like in my own experience, now at like 42, I have felt more of a community and more support living in New York City amongst black people than I have ever felt in the 33 years that I lived in D.C. Like, I right. never felt the level, like, even like what I've done as far as like writing and things like that. And granted, D.C. is very political and very conservative, mm-hmm. contrary to what the girls may think. Uh, while progressive, still very conservative. Being a writer, talking openly about sex and queer stuff, and 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 the, and, the, and the thing I'm I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say this the gag is everything that I said probably a decade ago everybody's like comfortable talking with now I was one and I'm gonna yeah. say this very clear I was one of the girls in an open relationship with a lot of the girls were in a healthy open relationship I was in an open relationship because me and my man were like lonely and like we just hold and we just settled on each other we made a mutual decision from the beginning to be an open relationship but I felt like all the things I talked about in the lexicon around sex, now everybody's comfortable talking about it. Now I haven't talked about these things for a decade, but it wasn't until I got outside of D.C. has what I've done become finally profitable because the spaces I operated in D.C. would not allow me space because it's like, oh, you're talking about sex openly and we don't want to be, a, we be adjacent to someone who may be a whore. And, yeah, the horophobia within and, academia and, is big. Don't get me wrong. Right. Don't get me wrong. I am a hoe. You're not lying about that. I am a hoe. However, I'm not a messy hoe. My shit don't spill out on the timeline. You don't see me fighting niggas on Instagram and arguing about like who did what who. Baby, I'm not Milan Christopher. There's a level of class and dignity that I will. You will never have. be in one of Nico's videos. You would never. You would never <laughs> see me ever embarrass myself behind the dick that I get, baby. You would never. Baby, I would I would act I would act, I would act like Helen Keller, deaf and blind bitch. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing. But I think that, like, that's one of the things about DC that made me very... If I don't like people always like, do you want to go back? I'm just like, for what? Like, I, I, I don't have college education. Um, I don't want to come mingle with my former classmates from high school. Um, and I don't feel like I would get the support that I really need to achieve my dreams the way I've gotten them in DC. I mean, in, um, in, in, in New York. And 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 I'm honestly, you can make it as a writer um, out there without a degree. Like if you see, um, oh yeah, oh. Jawan Holmes, Jawan, my friend, my big, my homegirl, I love him to death. Uh, Jawan did go to college, and he's talked about like the issues that he faced with that. We said it was nothing that like hard work and determination could overcome. I can't get a staff job and have a degree in New York. Like he got it way before I did. I'm actually really proud of that. I'm like. I write one of the most amazing HIV resources in the United States of America. And 
that is a gift. I, don't, I, I, I every day I thank Kenyon Farrow for opening that door for me, for allowing me to write for the body. Um, I am to this day still pinching myself. Can't believe that I am a published writer. I cannot believe that. I will be verified <laughs> next year. You girls watch it back. Um, <laughs> put that on. Put that on wax, bitch. I will be verified next year. Um, but with that being said, I think that I think that like I would never receive that report back home in DC. And and, and I feel, but I do feel like the black exceptionalism has really helped a lot of black folks in DC and, and Prince George's County to do very well. And I think they deserve But that. it also gets like in those, the way sometimes. Yeah, it gets in the way also for those who don't sit on them circles or are automatically seen as not career-oriented because I'm a bartender. Baby, I make $75,000 a year. Back up off me. I make coin, and I don't work, I don't work half as hard as much as you do. I can go to work and make $500 in a night in cash and take that shit home with me. And still make it to the play party. Right, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still have enough time to go out and try to have a good old time and spray this pussy low and wide for Jesus. You're welcome. But I look at the conversations you promote, there. Victor. Victor, oh my God, look at how well. <laughs> See, this is what happens yeah, when you put deep politics into a comic book about ethnic identity and being accepted, which um, is why whether or not you very feel accepted. Much so appreciate um, the nation state whatever however you want to call it of Morocco um because it's mutants but but black and like not not subscribing to none right. of this extra shit there's yeah. no like they don't believe in in listen they go if you can right. beat somebody's you ass you got you respect ass, here you simple as that respect. right there's no like we hold these specific right. set of mutants um, higher than others just because of some arbitrary ass bullshit. No, these niggas can actually whip everybody else's ass. That's why they're in charge. That's it. But you, but you know, but you know what? Let's talk about it because Mole has Mole mentioned that in in the Sabretooth book at some point about like the the mutants that are more important than the other mutants we all supposed to be supposedly important. Yeah, there is a hierarchy on Krakoa about, and 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 I will be very clear. It it, it it delves into the same things of like futurism, colorism, like you know the the human mutants looking versus the non-human mutants. And 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 Araco, if you got hands, there is a whole arachnopod. I like it specifically in this right issue because I can pull that up. Specifically, um, Mo notes that it's involuntary. He said it's just society. It's going to have you. You're always going to have a hierarchy. However, it's how you manage that hierarchy. Who gets to have the power through determination to rise up? And Rocco is way easy. Even if you don't got a gift, you can go get one. And if you don't have the ability to get one, just beat their ass. That's all you got to right. do. Like, that horsemen are the horsemen, not because their powers are so great that they're all omegas, is that they keep beating people's asses and no one's gonna fuck with them. And and that is why it makes lots of like some some Krakoa mutants have abandoned Krakoa and moved to Araco, and I get it. Sunfire said, fuck oh. this shit. Sunfire was like, I told the dude one way he didn't, so I killed him. Their only rule here Sue is me if over you it. Can whip their ass, it's yours. <laughs> so I just whoop everybody's ass, and it's mine. Right. I'm good. It makes sense that the Japanese imperialists wanted to say that, though. It makes sense. Yikes. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yikes. You know, Yikes. we see it for you, Sunfire. We're, we're happy to change your uniform. 
speaking of this Rebro, we talk about that fucking Sunfire episode. Connor <laughs> goes in on his episodes. For the viewers who don't know, an episode on somebody, and it's all I just listened to <laughs> the Ladies Mastermind episode, and when I tell you they're the most irrelevant ass fucking characters ever, but that episode is so fucking funny. He stand. He <laughs> the Ladies Mastermind. Because <laughs> they're right. fucking Scooby Doo villains. That's why. <laughs> wow. You gotta listen, Henry. You gotta listen. We all, you gotta listen. All right, but any other observations other than Oya could potentially be gay? Who knows? We'll see. Maybe. I hope, I hope, I hope we deserve we another black queer character. We deserve um, some. I mean, the sisterhood of. A black female mutants, that little sisterhood moment. That even though somebody uh, pointed out that like it's very clear that all the black girls on on Krakoa are like, girl, we don't know about the rest of these motherfuckers. We gonna hang out together. <laughs> Show us the right. group chat. <laughs> right. Leak the right. group chat. I know it's lit. Do you think they're? Do you think they thirst over Bishop? Not Bling, but you know, I think Bling might. I think Bling. Bling feels like the type of lesbian who will, who doesn't ignore the fact that a bl- uh, attractive man is still an attractive man. I don't think I feel like she got that vibe. Really li- like Bishop like that because a lot of them probably recognize that he is very much so a cop, and as pretty as he is, he's still a cop. You know, I think that depends on politically what kind of black woman we're dealing with. Now, as Oya is a church girl. Or recovered reformed church girl, I feel like she would ignore the cop aspects and focus on the freedom fighter aspect. <laughs> Bishop's a very complex character. He's a cop who's a freedom fighter. He's kind of the inversion of Cyclops. I really want them to give us Shard. Return Shard. Shard. Give her back to us. Mm-hmm. You have the um see, that was the one thing that came out of damn the trial of Joseph that I respect the fuck out of because now they have no excuse not to just pull random fucking characters in the 616. You can pull all the X-Men from every universe ever, just (laughs) right on over. Did they die in their universe? Oh, they're dead? All right, now they're over here. Every last one. It's, I call it the Morales Morales uh, paradox where a character just is too good to let not be in the, uh, in the main universe, they just dragged their motherfuckers on over. Miles was, I don't know, was we'll Miles see. and his family the only um, one? How are we like in Third Eye? Do we understand? Okay. Miles and his family was the only ones. Old Man um, okay. uh, Logan was one of them. Um, I actually like Third Eye, but, but no I want to see like, some character development because it's very like not curling over yet. I wonder if we can coax Victor into saying that he's a telepath. I wonder if we can... If we collectively at him, at Victor Creed, <laughs> will he come out the closet and telepath? No, um. at Victor Laville. <laughs> but at Victor, because Victor checks, I guess Victor checks his Twitter once a day in the morning and then he logs off. Smart idea. Um, but we need confirmation. I guess it's looking like he's just a, a clairvoyant, like I thought. But I typically a mutant with clairvoyance so is also I, a telepath. This is also something I got from Connor as well, but I also have believed in this in a while. That a lot of the folks who have psychic-ish powers are telepaths that just specialize in that one thing. So like karma is a, yeah. is a telepath who specializes in mental domination. 
um mind um, control moonstar yeah. just specializes in fear-based um uh, illusions the right reading and projections illusions. Have... fear period no henry we can hear you scraping over there oh sorry i'm trying to get the burn off my uh off my titty um because my cat rode up against me i'm so sorry stop <laughs> fucking saber tooth oh my god then the <laughs> um baby i wish i wish that must be then uh like emma and dean <laughs> and um and professor xavier are more generalized telepaths but like if you put karma up against emma i disagree with him on that I disagree with them on that. I think they very clearly well, define where their areas they're more were. Generalized um, in that they have more, they have a wider skill set rather than I can only do this one thing, but I do it really, really, really well. Yeah, they're very, they're very powerful telepaths. I'll give them that. Along with Psylocke, she's like right underneath there, and then Monet is yeah. more the general telepath to me, but she's a tiny range. Like I could do a room, I ain't doing the whole city. <laughs> That's the difference between me and the rest of you girls. Um, Emma, she said clearly that I hunt for people's weaknesses. She's a reader who looks for weaknesses. But she can do um, all exploitation. She can do illusion. She can do mental domination. She can do that. She's just not as good at it. But when she reads you, she like what she naturally snaps at is like weaknesses. Uh, she was like, uh, Xavier wants to understand. I disagree. I feel like he's more on the projection game. Like he likes to communicate. He has the furthest range of telepathic communication out of everyone up in that bitch. He likes so to go the across the planet and talk to you. He likes to... And he black. And he's native Genosian. The other person uh, who I like to bring up is Lil Bro. Because, as you know, I love my black boy telepaths. Lil Bro specialized... One story. No, he's actually appeared again. I didn't realize that. That little black boy that Exodus be lecturing to about the pretender, that's little bro. <laughs> they did a deep reach for that panel, but basically Exodus is teaching telepaths. That's the whole thing. He's teaching like psychics. So he that's what that little campfire Emma's, is. Emma's, um, and one of them is little bro. Class, but like made up fireside stories. Basically. Yeah. And that's why they react like that, because like Lil Bro is also canonically, he has autism. Oh, okay. And so he's on the spectrum. It's like his, you know how they used to do like, oh, you have a great power, but this is your weakness little situation around the time. They framed his 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 autism as a weakness, highly problematic as early 2000 narratives are, but that's his abilities. Um, he is a clairvoyant who can serve as a medium to the dead. So he's a telepath who can contact the dead. Um, Gene does emotions. We all know that. And your secrets. Empath is an empath. We emotions and secrets. An empath is an empath. Whether or not they call it something different, it's still a telepath. Mm. Fundamentally. Um, but yeah, different caveats. I think, yeah, I think third eye definitely is just he's just a clairvoyant. He can read, um, he can see through illusions, basically. I'm waiting for them to tell us what the fuck he did wrong. How do you break the role that you that basically just says, go have children. How do you do that? You know what? I would be interested to see how they do that. Unless he was like killing kids. He probably. He probably went to that fucking. Um, what's that shit? Uh, maybe the ad says they got uh, dropping off. I can't take care of. 
and probably psychically suggesting they want to come take their kids. I feel like it might have something to do with curing someone's X gene, maybe. I think that's the only way you can violate that rule is if you make less mutants, not just by murder, but like removing the possibility of them being a mutant at all. And maybe I hear telling mutants to stop having kids. You know what? Y'all should have dropping them off. Y'all don't pray for stop having them. Tell you why man ever have safe sex. He pulled out, and that's how he got arrested. He silently suggested everyone that pull out. No, oops, never mind. Let me stop. <laughs> okay, no, but, so I think we but, an but, hour but, in. But, 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 <laughs> we are done with <laughs> my mega level bottle. Probably they will pull out on me. They know. I'm like a mega level grip. Yeah, put. I'm like a co. I need your babies to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> Henry is also That's a life force like vampire and Krakoa yeah, and and Celine. <laughs> I'm Celine's like, I'm power like, basically being a cum cussler. I'm like Beyonce the Super Bowl. Let me feel your energy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not even a thing. I really feel like Henry would wear Celine's uniform. Her typical one, Ooh. you know, black hot boots. A little onesie. My code name could be the babysitter. I'm with it. Like the name, like Nanny. Babysitter. I'm with it. The oh my god, my <laughs> babysitter. Oh god. See, y'all need to get a group of nerd friends. Like I have a good group of nerd friends. See, if you were the crawl radio team, bitch, you have a you have a superpower name right now. My superpower name is babysitter. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You'll be the you'll be the ex villain they pull out for like any like when they need a quick little mutant villain like they did in Electra where they pulled out fucking Scalp Hunter back when he was called Scalp Hunter still. Yes. <laughs> and they killed him but because no one read the comic no one knew he died and so they just brought him back to life without him being brought back to life and some other issue right afterwards is <laughs> not even mentioned in the wiki that's how sporadic the situation like, was oh that. he died he did yeah you'll be oh, a feature back alive again though you're good you would be in a daredevil comic just robbing a bank like, or something um, negasonic teenage warhead and be like a whole different person surprise i'm here or like Celine, literally that Captain America comic, where she literally murdered human beings they and no one said up, anything um, about it. <laughs> I remember br- reading, they brought it up somewhere. Was it X-Corp or was it... Um, I feel like Immortal yeah. X-Men would have been a good one to bring it up. They could have said like, oh, because you killed someone and we forgave it, but like you can't be in the council. I would have lied my ass off. I don't care if she's a telepath. You gonna out telepath Charles Xavier Celine while Emma is sitting in the room, and while Sinister and Exodus are also sitting in the room, and while Destiny is also sitting in the room, and Hope Summers is in the room, sweetie. Now we think you can do a lot, and we also hate Charles Xavier. We're not gonna sleep on him as a telepath, though. Let's not do that. He's such a good telepath because he's an awful person. Him and Dumbledore are on the same level of being awful white people. Who was somehow convinced and that everyone that they're good confusingly people. somehow queer coded, but never explicitly admitted to be gay until recently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Xavier always gave me weird fetish energy. Like he fucks black men, but like in a weird way. 
like he makes it weird like that time. i think i told you about the hookup i had the other day like last week where i walked in and there was blasting like explicit ebony porn on the big screen and i was just like no i feel like i put this into the group chat i feel like i put it into the group chat that um i was i allowed myself to be colonized thinking that um it was gonna be a threesome situation and like the person i actually wanted was gonna be there but they never showed up I should. They said they're on their way, and then by the time we finished, they were coming. And then I was like, "I'm going because you already came." Was this supposed to be a threesome? And yeah, I topped I topped them to completion and everything. I was like, "Um, okay." And then they offered no. me a job. I swear, I told you all this. No, they offered me a job afterwards. <laughs> Who did I tell this? I would to? absolutely <laughs> remember this. Oh no! It was in the bisexual writers mm-hmm. group chat that I'm also in. Bisexual. So it's four of us black bisexual writers in group chat. It's me, Gabby, Alexandria, um, J.R. Yusuf, and Juwan Holmes. Anywho, Knights of X. Knights of X. Knights of X. Number one. Mm. Take her away, Steven. So, disclaimer, we're going to be discussing fantasy. So, if you motherfuckers all, like, want to parade how much you hate fantasy, um, don't read Knights of X. That's what I got for you. <laughs> People get a little too snooty about this comic, and I see it on Twitter. Y'all have a lot of opinions um, about why it sucks and how much you don't understand what's going on. If you don't like fantasy, don't read Knights of X. We established this in Excalibur. We're going to establish it now. Now, comic book begins with the mutant that we saw. If you don't recognize him because you only read Excalibur, he's not an Excalibur character. He was in the New Mutants. Um, he advanced, he's a mutant who ventured into other world to explore it as a mutant because he wasn't really vibing with Koa, which is a thing a lot of people have been saying lately. And he wanted to be an adventurer and go to adventures. And then he fucked around and entered Trump era of other world, where they're now hunting and prosecuting and seemingly executing mutants. Um, so they have their own versions of sentinels called Furies flying around, raising villages and actually hurting their own people just to isolate and kill witch breed, a.k.a. mutants. Odu gets a vision from a purple butterfly, hint, hint, to go follow them and hide. Um, and Betsy shows up with the shield and her titties behind the armor plating and a horse to deflect the energy beam in a splash. And they rescue old boy and get him to safe harbor at this thing called. What is it called? It's like something stupid. Not like bad stupid, but like it's really, really fantasy. Oh, the lavender keep. It's the lavender keep. Um, Whisk him away to safe harbor there at the lavender keep. Um, as they're discussing King Arthur's hatred of mutants because he thinks that they turned uh, his son Mordred against him. Um, really, really, really leaning into the queer coding of this comic book. Teeny Howard, gay as hell. Gay as hell. This whole comic, gay as hell. Um, Going to a rush, they're leading away from the lunatic uh, Citadel, and Roma is in charge of this fortress. Um, They reveal that that the Betsy that we're seeing here is not the original Betsy. This is just one of the numerous um, variants that are helping out with the Captain Britain Corps. Um, there they showcase the Captain Britons who are probably going to be showcasing front and center, front and center, including Black Betsy, who's a blacksmith. 
Um, we have the seer Betsy, who is a powerful sorceress. Um, and we have visions of a quest to come. Um, and then we see old girl, our omniversal magistrates, Lady Saturnine, throwing a fucking fit, looking just like Emma Frost. Um, and Betsy is dragging her right on back. They're discussing how much uh, Lady Saturnine demands her throne back and wants her to abandon all the mutants, stop saving them so she can focus on getting her throne. And Betsy is like, girl, fuck you. I'm an X-Fan. These mutants are vulnerable. You can get your own throne back yourself because you got it the first time. Ha ha. And they continue to argue and fight. And then Betsy abandons old girl and goes to look for Roma, who is looking sickening, by the way. Uh, she has a very deep red robe-like dress and a very deep cut down to her, damn down there into her pussy. Um, showing off side cleavage and everything. Roma is sitting in a clam. This like utter sapphic lesbian energy going on, just so you know, in case you misinterpreted everything Roma has been showing every damn comic, including towards Karma. Roma wants a girl. Roma plays with girls. Hint, hint, Betsy. She's down to play, and she wants to. And Rachel. Um, and then she reveals that she has fey magic, just like her. And Rachel. She wants all of them. I feel like she wants girl time. <laughs> um, so, basically, she establishes that she got champagne just for Betsy, because she knew that old girl liked the finer things. You know, personal gifts. You say, if you accept gifts from the fairy, you owe them a favor. Um, later on. So she reveals that she has powerful magic of storytelling. And so by fitting into a story of some sort or a narrative, she can definitely help Betsy get back to Krakoa, but only long enough to start the story itself. So basically she says, go to Krakoa and launch this quest. Use the power of like the, the uh, platform of 10 that they use to start the, uh, the 10 of Swords event to find new questers and new knights to take up with this mission. Um, this is some old-fashioned Arthurian magic, by the way. This is like a real thing that they can do. And it's damn near also Lord of the Rings, which is just Arthurian magic times two. Um, it releases the echo across Krakoa and calls forth like all the warriors who will be fighting in this. The spell takes hold. Um, everyone answers the call, including Rachel, who comes fucking running for her girlfriend. Um, Betsy shows up, and then she initiates what is basically the plan. Um, Richter writes in the Grimoire of Apocalypse that the book has hidden languages all over the place. And so it's hiding something, which is the secret history of mutant magic that needs to also be known, and also the will of Apocalypse that Richter feels is secretly a message Apocalypse left for them. Um, from there... They go straight to the five and they use magic to resurrect someone who had existed before Cerebro went online, which means that this is technically might be taking place just before the end of the trials of um, Joseph, or at least is doing something that I'm not really clear on because they should be able to just use the hold that like Wanda set up to bring him back to life. Whether or not is a situation where Borgia's exchange is never activated so he doesn't qualify. It might be a part of it, but there's no real way to understand what the fuck's going on with that. I think they're just going to go for like that never happened, which is, I don't know if it's a good or bad idea. We'll see. Um, and they try to resurrect Mordred using the waters of some sort, and it seems that they fail. 
Um, Jubilee takes license and steps up to be worst mom of the year because uh, her baby is locked in an eternal slumber, and she decides that sending it back to a place where it can die as a newborn is a smart idea because she can't wake it up. She says she sent him to all the doctors. I'm not sure why she thought a doctor could do anything about what is clearly a magical issue. Um, but, you know, Jubilee not being very smart is a hallmark of this comic. Um, they go forward and they activate the X of 10 event situation. And in the same fashion, the X of Sports situation went down. It has a reflection moment of the splash page where they show the top half of the representatives of Krakoa and the bottom half of the representatives of another side. And it seems to trigger the whole thing. You get a vision of the potential enemies you're going up against. Rachel in Otherworld awakens fire magic and becomes a cleric, seemingly the cleric of the Phoenix itself. Um, then one of the other knights appears, blah, blah, blah. Jubilee gets left behind. Apparently the spell tricked her into thinking she was going to be one of the candidates just to get her to send her son. So we have a baby dragon there by himself. No mother, just vibes, energy, and fire breath. Um, from there, we go forward through a hunt for this character whose name I'm completely unsure of. I had his name, but I'm not familiar with this character because I never read the original uh, Excalibur books. Um, Kailun, apparently he has a sonic scream. Uh, his power cool is... Cool power, I guess. Uh, he can exactly mimic any sound that he hears. And he looks like a cat. That's a lame power. His power so sucks. He That's a lame power. Hands, but you're still a mutant with it. You know... Victories by technicality aren't really victories. <laughs> I mean, let me not gift bash, you know. Maybe he makes pretty beautiful music. Um, from there, Rachel one strikes the damn near entire team. They start beating their asses. Shogo starts flying around. Um, Arthur is having conniption. And then Mordred pulls the fuck up, takes out his sword, starts beating ass. Arthur starts crying, not my son, not my son. And then he runs away like a little, like a little pump. Um, Mordred kneels, and then officially all 10 knights are assembled. And now they receive their quest. They're going after the Siege Perilous, which is, if you are unfamiliar with X-Men lore, it's a magical mirror that if you touch it or go through it, you would enter into a new life or come out the other side changed. Um, it would turn you, that path through it will turn you into a perfect version of yourself, or at least an aspirational version. It's a very magical, weird object. It has a lot of different potentials, but explicitly, what I think they're trying to do is that if Lady Saturnine walks through the Siege Perilous, she will walk back out the other side, the universe, the Omniversal Magistrix. Um, to which Merlin says, fuck that shit. If these mutants want their get back, they gotta get it back in blood. Go after them and wipe them out. Um, such begins the war for Otherworld with only three locations, three or four locations untouched, including Roma's location, um, Mercator, 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 or something. I think that's the one where Mercator, I think that's the one like, uh -huh. the summoners are running that's and Mr. trying to sustain for, which one is that? Uh -huh. Mr. M's? Damn, and the Crooked Market. I'm not sure how they took over um, Dryador unless it was just like both the horsemen 
uh, the Minthians and old cowboy bebop looking chick, the one who's definitely not Kate Pride from another universe. It's definitely Kate Pride from another universe. Um, I don't know how they lost that, but they did. Oh, and there's also the diplomatic ring for the Lunatic Citadel, uh, the Kingdom Embassies for the Ambassadors. But there's several locations, small locations that aren't taken, but specifically the Lunatic Citadel has been taken. And we go from there towards now what's hopes to be the quest for the Siege Perilous. Thoughts, concerns, accusations, curses. Um, my go. first thing, my first thought was that they really teed this up to be a story within a story that is specific about um, being a queer kid to a very homophobic parent because Mordred came back loyal mm-hmm. to the mutants as a mutant and his daddy don't play that mutant shit. He, his whole daddy is like, nah, nigga, we, I ain't with that shit. You can't be that shit. So like, that's going to be a... a Right. You turn my that's, son that's gay. There's going to be a, a, a sub story <laughs> in there that I am going to be interested to see how that plays out. Um, that was the first thing that point, that peeked out to me. I also liked how they were like, yeah, Jubilee, you're not going to be in this one, girl. Bye. We have nothing for you. Like, Teeny literally went, we have nothing for you, sweetie. We have no reason to include you. Honestly, we were just doing shit. Just include you, but we like your baby. <laughs> so we need a dragon in this story. So we're taking your son. And then I knew that the two um the two other kingdoms that were ran by mutants, uh Omega level mutants, were um not gonna be taken. Cause that's Crooked Market is Mad Jim Jaspers, and Mercator is ruled by Absolute Mercator, Mr. M. So that that's going to be interesting to see. Oh, y'all are taking over. So what are you, y'all's role in this? So how can we involve y'all mutinous in this somehow? And not just any Omegas running. It's the two motherfucker Omegas. These are the people who, honestly, they make Jean Grey look like shit. <laughs> and we thought... <laughs> Um, these are the people I'm like, if you throw them against Storm, I don't think Storm's going to win that one, mm-hmm. honestly, if I'm being fair. But I would never write like that because I'm unfair. I'm biased. And then Storm being in other worlds, <laughs> she would have all the magic. Yeah, there's no, she wins. I think she will literally turn into Oya, <laughs> like the actual god Oya. I think she will literally just turn into lightning and energy. I don't think she will walk out the other side as a person. I always so wondered about that. Like, we, during the X of Swords event, it was kind of unfair, to me at least, that okay. none of the mutants seemed to awaken magic. That's it. That's all I'm thinking. Um, none of them became magical. Cyclops did turn to a giant Cyclops. It just didn't go down like that. And, you know, and that's really interesting, too, because when the... When the, um, what's the event I'm thinking about? Uh, the one, the Doctor Strange one, when they all, like, turn into those, like, things. Definitely Doctor Strange, when, like, the dark creature manifests and they all get, like, converted into his, basically his horseman, I want to say. Right. Right. And I'm really shocked that no one else really got abilities outside but also of Also, during X of Swords or Ten of Swords, they didn't, 
nobody really like actually used their powers for real, for real. Because it was all them bullshit competitions. True. And that's why I appreciate Betsy calling uh Saturn on her bullshit. Like, girl, you you started all we wouldn't even be here. It wasn't really for uh Ten of Swords. So we didn't even want this whack shit. Right, you'll be playing games and shit. Your fucking kingdom was about to be under attack. She probably knew the shit was coming, and then you and you saying try to get us. And now you mad that somebody was like, like, we're not playing the mutants. Mm Mm-mm. For real, for real, all of this definitely did happen because Saturnine was fucking around. Like, yeah, Apocalypse wanted to use the portals. Like, legit, Apocalypse only created his plan because what Saturnine did. Like, he, she right. gave him the opening he needed to start the Exosaurus event, to open up the portal, to get all that shit going down because Saturnine got greedy and became the Omniversal um, Magistrates, specifically so she could have the power to get Captain Britain to fuck her. Basically, right, all of this all happened because she wants some dick. Right. <laughs> I see why Emma said now. what she said. Never mind. I was so angry when she was like, it's time for you to stop playing, you know, dress up in your fantasy land because this had nothing to do with them. This has nothing to do with any of the X-Men. This is all right. fucking Saturnine being a dickhead. I don't know. The shit's getting south. Um, I want Merlin dead. Notice they didn't bring Morga- uh, Morgana out back to life. She's still gone. Child. They resurrected her. She just didn't do anything with for her. For no fucking reason in the middle of this damn shit. Just to just piss everybody the fuck off. Like, oh, but I was really the one. Girl, please. Please. Leave us and your brother alone. $10 says she will actually literally trap Merlin in a that crystal of some sort. It's going to be a really wink-wink situation to the fact that Morgana... It wasn't Morgana, though. They're going to flip it at the switch on that. Uh, Nimue trapped Merlin in a crystal cavern in the original legend. Um, or at least the French legend. I think it's the French legend, not the original one. There's, like, multiples. It's going to be a very wink-wink moment, but, you know, Merlin can never win. Merlin's a dickhead. He's an evil asshole. He deserves every bad thing that's going to happen to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like this comic has the scaffolding to be really great. I think it's just that it's doing too much in terms of trying to orchestrate these profound metaphors rather than cementing itself in like, all right, let's execute this narrative. Because this is a very queer issue. Like they have a bunch of queer metaphors and like imagery and like you know Roma sitting in a fucking clam going full Aphrodite sapphic um the lavender keep I saw someone that's a reference to every specific um ideology or something else um like they I'm happy they called out directly that the Furies are certainly a metaphor for the Sentinels flying around policing shit and Arthur's fear is very clear gay panic like he's afraid of this concept of change because Arthur's depiction in this comic so far in Excalibur has been very conservative conservative British dude. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanna I want to see where things go. Um I know this is like wishful thinking, but I really hope that uh 
uh, Rachel using these fire-based abilities tugs at the Phoenix and takes it away from um, from Echo because I'm really tired of her playing with it. Echo don't know what the fuck she's doing. Mm-hmm. She really doesn't. And really, really she's not an ideal host. That's what I'm going to She's not Anybody ideal. needs to have the Phoenix <laughs> that is not a Gray Summers girl. Why are we doing it? That's one. Two. Gene right. does not belong right. with the Fe- like the Phoenix does not belong with Gene anymore. The G it's he's gonna ha- they, they're gonna have to just move on. Rachel they broke makes up the most sense. That was a that delicious point. breakup. And she's already in Excalibur, and that's how she showed up in Excalibur in the first place, was as in Phoenix. Give it back to her. I have been okay with the idea of Quentin Choir being a suitable host part-time at the very least, because I liked his um, Children of the Atom. Uh, I think it was actually, no, it was the Battle of the Atom uh, event where they show future Quentin Choir as the Phoenix right. Force. And it made sense why he would be the replacement. And I also like the little tit for tat of like Gene going, like, anyone who's not me as the host for the Phoenix Force is literally the best that the Phoenix can do. So it makes sense that in terms of I can't have the Omega telepath, I'm going to sell for an Omega who's a telepath. And that being Quentin Choir, yeah, I can understand that. Elevate consciousness, ego, a willingness to use it and be used. Quentin has all of those. So, of course, it would go with him. But in terms of, I will prefer this over Jean Grey, it's never going to be that. It's never never game that. And Jean only, and will settle for hope, if it can get hope. And if it can't get hope, then it will settle for Rachel. And then after Quentin. that, it will settle for anybody the fuck else who's a psychic first. I don't think Quentin's saying anybody the fuck else. I think quite literally, go. I will go with Quentin if I have to. But a, a flat scan, like Echo, like she's a very sweet girl. Maybe make it like a Green Lantern situation. Give her, and part onto her aspects of the Phoenix. Don't make her a D Phoenix. Give her like a, right. like a little like, Please God, don't. here you go, girl. Like a weapon or something. Like a sword or something. Give her a tomahawk. Is is that problematic? Does she use tomahawks? I feel like they give her very clear needed imagery. She uses knives largely. If if she uses anything. Well, give her some like phoenix-like feathers that look like knives. I feel like it's not bad for her to have an aspect of the Phoenix, because I will agree it has made her character more interesting. I think they were also doing something cultural when they aspire to the Phoenix. I think it's a Thunderbird allegory that they're doing with the Phoenix Force. Not explicitly the same uh, thing. Chaos War, the event that we don't talk about, um, where they, that's how they revived Thunderbird the first time? Second time? First time, because that was before Necrotia. Um, when they revived him then, he was revived by the Thunderbird that looked a lot like the fucking Phoenix. He just called it the Thunderbird. Yeah, the, the allegory is... And it makes sense how they worded it, because like most, most religions in Marvel Universe, it's like all of it is... So most, some of it is actually just a symbol that elevated to the status of religion. Like, like how we understand that Storm is both a god and a person, very much in a very Jesus sort of way where she is both the Hadari Yao, who's a god, and she is Storm, the person. And you can worship Hadari Yao, the god, and not worship Storm, the person, and it not be a conflicting of interest. It's a, it's a deep philosophical thing, just like how um, 
the theory of the Loa, the Loa existing as a situation, an actual theory is like there are people who get mounted by God, and then there is the gods above them. It's like Jesus was both God himself when he's walking around as a person historically who existed, and Jesus was also somehow his father, the celestial spirit, almighty Abrahamic bullshit. Um, there's that situation going on in Marvel Comics uh, with the Thunderbird. It seems to be that they're implying that the first phoenix, old girl from 10,000 B.C., somehow represents the idea of all bird-like gods, period. Uh, I don't know how applicable that is. No one wants to talk about 10,000 B.C. because no one wants to pretend that shit happened. Um, but it's a part of the mythos now, and they're, they're double-downing on it. It happened. Well, they have an Avengers 10,000 book about to come out, too. Uh, I'm so tired yeah. of the Avengers existing on, I don't know, Earth 3. Um, what are we doing? What? Why are you not connected to nothing else? They don't call themselves the Avengers. They're the ones who avenge or something. It's like they're doing a thing where they did with like, if you ever read Shadow Pact in DC, where there's like the Shadow Pact exists as this reoccurring celestial metaphysical event where sorcerers from a time period who need to come together will come together and form a team. And the only name they can come up with is Shadow Pact. And they go by it, but it's like a curse. It's like you, the sorcerers will come together, these magical people will come together, and they will do this one thing, and it's always doomed to fail. Like they will do to be successful, but they will always be doomed to inevitably fail afterwards because they succeeded at this one thing. It's this curse situation they got going on, but it's implied that they're not the only team like that. They're just the worst ones. I feel like, honestly, the people who made Avengers 10,000 BC read that comic and said, wouldn't it be interesting if we did that with Avengers? And they just went forward with it. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of the Black Panther's title and mantle being used like that. Um, I don't like seeing Agamotto, period. I don't particularly <laughs> like uh-huh, 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 um, uh-huh. how they are now tying the Phoenix to every single one of the goddamn Avengers stories. So the Phoenix is now tied to not only the Grey Girls, but it's also um, Echo. It's also Thor's mom. The fuck? It married Odin at one point in time. Like, what What are we doing here? Can we not? But as much as I hate that shit, I have to also say that I use Avengers 10,000 BC to argue why there has to be mutants in fucking Wakanda. Because if you're saying that at the period where the first generation of mutants manifested, that Wakanda was not isolationist, by default, that means that there has to be mutants there. Because there was a whole reason that, oh, there's no mutants in Wakanda, is because they never crossed bread with Europe. I said, but clearly there are mutants in Africa. It's a whole bunch of them. a whole bunch yeah. of motherfuckers a whole bunch and you're saying that this this once i don't know it sounds like bullshit to me sounds like bullshit to me but anywho <laughs> point is the phoenix force is trashy it's on a rebound right now it's just hopping from host to host spreading its wings and getting clucked 
Yeah, the, the, the things ain't been right since Gene collected all his pieces and put it back together and then released it again. <laughs> you know, that breakup was bad. It was really it sad. Was. I'm gonna be real though. I think that breakup, like the death, uh, the death of Jean Grey, I think it was called. No, it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was the resurrection of Jean Grey. The big event when it was like they actually called out the toxic relationship. I like the metaphor behind it of them being a very toxic relationship to one another. I liked Jean saying finally, definitely goodbye to it. I liked when the Phoenix was trying desperately to give her anything she wanted, uh, including resurrecting Cyclops right then and there. And then she killed him with her own bare hands. I fucked with that ending. I liked it. I liked how they didn't just have her say no. They had her literally kill Cyclops. Um, but then afterwards, it's just been getting wild and loose. And I don't know if I appreciate. I appreciate it, X Office. I know you're not making a decision. I know it was some motherfucker up in the Avengers office going, "We want the Phoenix Force," but you should have said no. It's awful. And then none of the none of the rest of Marvel connects to that shit at all. It's very confusing. They exist in their own little bubble that no one is doing anything. Anything. Why close. the? F- Why does no one care in the universe that the Phoenix is sitting there chilling on Earth in the hands of someone worse equipped to handle it than Jean? Because she's because of racism. And, and you know what? Yeah, because that's a very that's a very interesting point. Because remember, like all all the hoopla and rigmarole they went through to get the, the Phoenix away from Hope. And mm-hmm. then they just let Echo just chill with it. As long as it's in Avengers' hands, it's mm-hmm. like very cop behavior to me. As long as it's in Avengers' hands, it's not a problem. But the mutants have it, it's a mm-hmm. problem. Sounds very racist. Sounds sounds, I sounds, mean, sounds very cop behavior. Sounds, sounds didn't she genocide the Gray family over the fact that someone could potentially mm-hmm. be the host of the Phoenix? That was a whole event. The death of the Greys. Right. We don't that's talk about it a lot, but that was a fucked up moment. That's when, that's when Elaine uh, cuts Rachel ass out. It's like, I hate you. You are ruining the family. Elaine Gray was like, she was on some fuck Rachel Summers type shit, for real. He was fed the fuck up. <laughs> and we all dead because of you and your stupid ass mother. <laughs> yeah, Elaine was pissed with their ass. And she was like, bitch, if I'm, if I'm about to go, let's talk about it. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. She said your punk ass to the future and died. So to come out here messing up and mucking up shit. Everyone I love. Race. It was so fucked up because that issue is one that gave her hope. She was like fucking, she walked up into that house and her dad was like, her husband was like, Elaine's coming around. I talked to her. I said she really shouldn't talk to you like that. And Elaine was on the verge of saying, you know, girl, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to therapy about it. And they swooped and, and massacred everyone with a hint of gray genetics. <laughs> and you're telling me, you're telling me that Jean Grey, most powerful telepath in the world, greatest potential of a mutant, of anyone in the this side of the galaxy capable of wielding the Phoenix. Let's just put it out there. More powerful, the most powerful telepath, I want to say, not just on Earth. In this area of the goddamn galaxy, damn near a walking mindstone. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give Jean Grey her props. Damn near a walking, talking mindstone, her damn self. She was the person they said we can't risk it over. 
this non-telepath, a woman whose superpower is she could do a kickflip and kick you in the day. That's her superpower is that excellent martial arts, cool martial arts. She does tricks. She teaches at a strip mall in Arizona. Echo, that's her name. She's a better candidate than Jean Grey. I feel like Jean Grey should murder the Shi'ar Empire. I yeah. feel like go full broccoli, so, people. Honestly, sweetie, because well, they're playing in your face. <laughs> Echo has a history with her ancestor being a, a previous Phoenix host, so technically, it's in her. Yeah. It's Girl, in her fuck the family too. Rolling my eyes. Fuck her family. I'll be okay if she was a mutant. I, if it's not Gene, I feel like it needs to go or, to a mutant. It just makes sense just that like, it will go to a mutant. Let this be a moment where you can activate an X gene for her, just out the fucking blue. So then she's a mutant and we don't have to deal with this fuck shit. I feel like that wouldn't be a proper ending to the comic is that she turns whoever. Because that's the power of the Phoenix. It turned people with no dormant X gene into fucking mutants. That's, That's the cool so thing it does. Amongst Just let it do the thing. Because they're all potential candidates and offspring of the Phoenix. I feel like they didn't. I feel like they were trying to do their version of the Sorcerer Supreme event, which was a good event. You know, back in 2006, when we got Jericho Drum as Sorcerer Supreme, it was an excellent surprise. They, they didn't take too long with it. They did a little trick of like hinting like, oh, these people could be the candidate. You'll never know. It really should have been a tournament of some sort. I think I would want a tournament book of them trying to figure out who the next Social Supreme is, but we never get that. Right now it's Clea. Um, you know, now it's Clea. I'm not too much of my girl. I fuck with her. Mm-hmm. That's my good sis. I love a sis who will murder someone down. I wanted it to be <laughs> magic, but it is Said clear. to everyone's face. It made sense why it's not magic, though. It made sense. I understood. I did. Deep inside of me, I understood why it couldn't be magic. Because, A, she's the obvious choice. And, B, she got better shit to do. No one wants to be Sorcerer Supreme. That's why. That's the joke about being a Sorcerer Supreme is that no one wants it. You're basically a walking, talking security guard who's always on call. You're the RA of the cosmos. Wow. Res life. Uh, that's all you get to be. So no one wants to do it. I understand why Jericho probably said, fuck no. Being Source of Supreme turned my brother against me. I gave enough to you people. Leave me alone. I'm the Hangun Supreme. I'm dealing with a bunch of other shit. I don't need three jobs, which is ironic. As a Haitian man, not wanting to work three jobs. Um, wow. A little funny. If you ask me, Jericho, you're being a little lazy. He's a wee bit lazy. Is this why you went to college? So that you can be lazy? Oh, he learned how to be a sorcerer in like an hour, girl. Don't come for my girl. Don't do that. I will never come. Correction. It was one week with Dr. Strange took six months minimal. (laughs) And someone wanted to argue with us about, like, y'all know y'all on the the account. Someone was arguing, like, I think magic should be open to everyone. And, like, it's just no cultural differences in magic. Bullshit. Every ethnic mage in the entire lexicon of sorcery is better than Doctor Strange. Shaman, better. Talisman, better. Wanda, better. Fucking Senor Magico, the Mexican Doctor Strange, 
better. <sighs> Playing my face by Marvel Magic. What's next? <laughs> I think that's it. We have. That's it. I think that's it. That's all we have this week. Okay. Well then, it's time for the circuit party. I'm like we need an ear siren. Yeah. <sighs> Sexy. Okay. We're all, so, we're all doing coke and barebacking. Let's get it. Yes, we're fucking on a banister on the second floor. Yes. <sighs> was that a video that was going around on Twitter for a while with somebody? I feel like, like yes, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, they were at like a, an actual fucking um like, like on a cruise or something. Yeah, it was on a cruise and it was like they were going to Mykonos or something and they were just fucking on the banisters. Everyone was walking around in neon green fucking jock straps and harnesses and uh those basically frat boy snapbacks. It was a lot. You know, I don't knock people's yums. You know, I don't yuck yums, but like it didn't look entertaining. It didn't look fun. I thought you need some gone off a few bumps for you to enjoy what was going on in there. But I'm black and I don't enjoy white people in my company. So that's just me. Um, so for this week's circuit party, we will be discussing cursed ideas that only X-Men fans will despise. I came up with this idea when thinking about the very nature of the Shadow Wars, how much worse it would be if, say, something like um, Ross Al Ghul became the Swamp Thing, or if Talia Al Ghul became a green, uh, a Red Lantern. But then I, th- I was reading Dark Knights of Steel, and then a cursed idea actually happened. <laughs> okay. you, are, I, you don't I, read I, Dark Knights of Steel, not. Showtime? I d- because think like I missed when it started. I know Vontae is reading it. It's good. I heard it is. I heard it's really good, but I I can't find the back issues in my comic book stores. To start they're probably it selling out. Like they gobble that shit up. That thing is doing well, super well. I think it's only set for ten issues. I think they might extend it. I think this is the next um thing. Like, you know, they they sample around little Elseworlds shits to figure out what they should make a a, a, a DC movie out of that is completely mm-hmm. bad and never as good as the actual comic, I think Dark Knights of Steel might be the next thing they do. I can uh, see it being a little HBO Max miniseries. I why don't you like it? Go, um, why don't you like it? Showtime? is featured heavily. No, thank you. Yeah, oh. but he's he's actually not really that much into it. Honestly, after the first like three issues, they stopped really focusing. A Kryptonian on not named Zod, and the Black Zod. I think he might pop up. Honestly, I think he actually, might pop up. Side I'm not even this temporarily. Young Justice introduced the Black versions of of Zod and his son Lorzod. Girl, this those mm-hmm. are the only Kryptonians I fought with. I don't fuck with none of the rest of them. Anyway, back to the the circuit party. Sorry. <laughs> but in it, they introduced Etrigan, the demon. And instead of, you know, it being our typical expectation, Ross Al Ghul is the host of Etrigan, the demon. Oh, wow. <laughs> Girl, no. And oh, they wow. referred to him, like they summoned Etrigan 
Constantine summons Estrogen, and Estrogen is like, what deals do you want? What can I help you with, my nigga? And he's like, let me speak to your head. I want to talk to the head of the demon. And then he does the chant, and Ra's al Ghul's right there, and he was like, you should have been dealing with the demon because I'm way worse. And honestly, yes. <laughs> so those oh, little wow. twists, just like they have um, the Joker is Alexander Luther who's also a Green Lantern. Huh. Poison Ivy is the elemental of the plane. So she's kind of, right now, she's the Swamp Thing, which is, you know, I think that's, right now, she's also Swamp Thing she, in the mainstream um, universe. The, she's a... The Avatar. Of the she's green. the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Of the Green. Yeah, which is the what Swamp Thing usually is. Right now, I don't think it's the... No, it's not even the Parliament of the Trees anymore. Right now, they're led by the yeah. Parliament of Flowers, correct? I'm, yeah, I read my Dark. I don't know. I read my Justice League Dark. I know that. All right. I'm always ambivalent about like DC magic because they changed a lot over there and I'm trying to get into it. But mostly, I'm only ruining it through Justice League Dark. And right now, they're doing some weird, timey, whiny shit. So. Yeah, so cursed ideas. So, for me, I don't think a lot of Marvel actually overlaps into shit. But some things, that I know Vontae, I think Vontae pitched something, or was that you, Henry, in the group chat? Which was, oh, no, it was Showtime saying, Emma intentionally harming a child is the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Explain yourself, Showtime. So Emma Frost's <laughs> whole characterization <laughs> is based around, good or bad, that her her, the one thing that she won't fuck up is intentionally fuck up a child. She won't ever do that. She may cause them a lot of trauma, but her intention is for them to be improved in some sort of way. So Emma Frost doing things like sleeping with a student, mama's never gonna do that. Never, 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 never. Don't ever have her fucking do that. Um, Her and that's why Wolf's been lost her goddamn job. Because how the um, fuck dare you? <laughs> uh, her characterization during um, Inhumans versus X-Men, that was just all trash. It was all trash. It's just, the whole event itself just was an awful cursed idea. Why did we do that? Why? Inhumans versus X-Men. Which one? IVX. The event we don't ever speak of. No one discusses that ever happened. I'm waiting for the Krakoa era issue where they talk about that happening. I'm literally waiting for it. I can't uh, fucking wait. You know it. I feel like it's going to be Sinister who says it. I feel like Sinister going to bring it up. Say, remember you guys fought the Inhumans and Storm felt bad? I feel like if Storm ever has to raise her voice in there, that's the first thing Sinister going to try to use because, again, why the fuck did Storm quit being the leader over Storm that? would be yelling. Destiny made no sense. would be cackling. Emma Frost would just be aghast. <laughs> like, n- no one would be able to keep their, their face straight. It's going to be so hilarious when Beast tries to join a team and people just run, like, remember when Storm fucked you up? Like in the back, like lightning bolt. She told you to sit down. That was so funny. <laughs> you smell like burnt hair for a week, baby. 
Not you know, he don't, he's one of them unbathing um, uh, scientists. He just keeps working and keeps mildewing. I'm not that he lost it too. Yeah. And a G string. You know, this ball here has got to be sweltering. This is a swamp in those jaws. Like, there's a reason why animals don't want to wear clothes. It's hot. All right. It's hot. They're not comfortable when you put them in a sweater. Gross. For me, I hear that statement about Emma Frost intentionally hurting a child. And I just think about X23. I'll never not think about X23. But Connor was right when he said that makes no sense what she was doing. That makes she was back from Coke. <laughs> That's a major excuse, and I agree with it because I'm like, why the fuck are you doing this? This is a little girl. This is a girl who was victimized very much in the same way you were. But again, I excuse it as your greatest blind spot is people who are exactly mm-hmm. like you. That's why her and Asher Bloom um, beefed so hard because they were identical. We still haven't heard Asher's side of it. I can't believe Asher Emma over her. to return at some point. <laughs> I need to see the drama. If Lorda Chantel, who showed up in one issue prior to her appearance in uh, the Krakoan era, why can't we get Asher Bloom? Or are y'all ignoring that entire um, Emma Frost thing because not a lot of people like it? I feel like Devil's Reign, X-Men was the best time for them to randomly drop Astrid on us. But when she went to the UK and she gets dropped, I felt like it should have been Astrid. Yes. That would be a nice little mindfuck. Like, you know, if King Penguin sent anyone to fuck with her, send Astrid Boom. Send the chick she does not, she does not want to fuck with. Though Emma did put her in a coma. I don't know. For years. Emma put her in a coma by being tricky, okay? I don't think there's a situation where Astra got outclassed as a telepath. I need to see, like, an all-black telepath team. She used her own trick against her. Put Astrid and um, Shola and Third Eye. And is it Big Bro? What's the boy's name? Little Bro? Little Bro? Little Bro. Um, Little Bro. And all of them just on a team of just black psychics and just give us that. Henry, what's your cursed idea? Um, My cursed idea. My cursed idea. Because I have really thought about this. Um... Um, I, I, I won't be petty. I'm about, I'm about to say uh, Storm being with T'Challa is my cursed idea. Um, Sh- shit. Say it. Because I don't see it. Let him know. I don't... I don't... I think that's all just cursed. Um, she belongs to Forge in my mind. She don't belong to anybody else but Forge in my mind. Um, but if anybody else... It, 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 it's very much... It's very much giving anything but T'Challa. Forge... <laughs> Or a you think Wolverine like, again? Um, Doctor Voodoo would be a cute one. Yeah, like anybody but. I disagree. Oh no, I don't think Storm and Doctor Voodoo. It's just because I can't stop thinking about when Misty Knight called him corny. 
Misty Knight talked about uh, he's corny, but didn't she date Luke Cage? So, sweetie, you have a pattern. Right. Right. And you tried it. Um, you know what? I got it. My curse, my curse thing. Um, any of the ex dads being good dads would be my ex would be my curse thing. Cause like imagine like if, if Xavier, Magneto, and Scott were, were all like actually actively raising their kids, we mm-hmm. would have no stories. <laughs> like we would have nothing to talk about. <laughs> it was what it was what Debbie, if it was what the Debbie parenting in the X Men universe, we wouldn't have half the stories that we got. Yeah, oh, my. Let's, let's take let's take let's take let's actually take it up a notch. My curse idea would be the X Men actually being a non dysfunctional family. Oh, that would be difficult. Yeah, I can't see it. Oh, no, I can't see them not be being dysfunctional. dysfunctional. No. Yeah, that would never. That I mean, never... look at the current X Men run right now, where all of them are friends. There's no melodrama. There's no melodrama at all. They're just like all cool with each other. It's like a frat house, you know. Scott is walking around being everyone's big bro. <laughs> but you know, I will. I will say I do appreciate the X Men book of the actual Kakoa feature team. But um, the next team got to be give a little drama. But like, but like it's like it's like it's like this. X Men is saved by the bell. A more yes. X Men is the grass yes. guy, yes. and I'm here for it. Somebody's yes. getting shot. And I'm yes. here for it. For yes. sure. Mess. <laughs> because like because like cause mm-hmm. is really giving gossip girl and I'm really here for it. It it's it's Immortal X-Men. I'm I'm looking forward to the next book because it's nothing but mess. Immortal X-Men feels like a reality TV show on Zeus because they really cut it, really it off is. with the fight. Like, you know how on Zeus, like when they start fighting and then they cut off the end of the episode <laughs> right before the fight actually kicks off. And they started the next episode with the actual fight. That's exactly what Celine gave. Uh, and good. Sinister love it. has been rewinding time on these hoes. So we don't know what the fuck this nigga has been up to. It's going to be a disaster. And I love it. I love it. That man wild. several more McTaggers right now. I don't like that. Okay, so I have several cursed ideas. Several. Um, we have High Slayer of the Hand, Raven Darkholm. That would be my S Worlds. That's my S Worlds if um, Xavier refused to resurrect uh, Destiny. Mm-hmm. And then the Hand would join Orcus afterwards. I'm surprised they haven't yet. Yeah, it feels like he's in their MO. I think maybe they're just waiting. Because the demon of the hand doesn't just want, like... Well, I feel like soon he'll want to fuck with them because they stole Matamune's sword, Masamune's sword. Mm-hmm. And they killed uh-huh. his soldiers. So, like, I think the beef with mutant kind is slayed there. And they might just say, we'll bring you back the swords if you send us soldiers from the hand. Okay, so that's one of them. That's one of them. The other one, because there's not a lot of mantles and stuff in terms of like, Marvel doesn't really do mantles. They just do like 
situations that they pass around a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to say Wolverine as the Iron Fist, but I oh. can't believably say that Wolverine's good at martial arts. Oh, wow. He's not good at oh. martial arts. I don't think... He would never be an agent of Atlas. Ever. Conan with the Iron Fist would make more sense. And even that, I'm like, please don't. Right. It's interesting that Conan wasn't a part of Avengers 10,000 BC. I know Conan's comic and the Savage Avengers is focusing on Conan because he was so popular and well-received during the run. Um, it's just going to be him training Kulan um, up as a boy from like to be a better person. So it's giving it's giving kid Loki vibes right now. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So my next cursed idea is leader of the leader of the Cosmic X Men, so leader of Sword Thor. Go away. Go away. Whew. You're blocked. <laughs> You're blocked. No. Mm-mm. No. Leader of Thor. No. Leave Leader us of Sword no. Thor. And no. then he changes the Leave name of Sword to Hammer. Because he's like that. No. <laughs> you know, he, he made us. Who we have a cute little romance with. I would imagine one with Jubilee just because it's the most unexpected one. Go away. <laughs> All of that is canceled. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Julie's having a rough time being a single mother. She probably needs some. She can uh, get um, chamber. He'll be all right. You know, and like he's not father material, but he's like he's uncle. He's uh, a play uncle. You he know, can play with Shogo. That you only when Shogo's in the real world, it'll give him enough magical. I feel like like stuff. Okay, so this is other one. There's a lot I wanted to work Apocalypse into, but Moon, the Moon Knight Apocalypse. So you, you just want to be Moon Knight Apocalypse. That's Moon Knight Apocalypse just to be canceled. Because these ideas. <laughs> Are you sure you're not right. a Sagittarius and not a Capricorn? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Moon Knight Apocalypse. Sagittarius vibes. The moon. There's other things. I wasn't going to say Silver Brand Apocalypse, but he's already an Earth defense system. He's already designed to be one, so it wouldn't fit. Um, oh, I, I got a good one. Which one? Okay, what if Showtime was a bottom? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> you know what kind of hell that alternate universe would be? You know how it would not oh, be able to exist with two of us existing in the world mm-hmm. as a mega level mm-hmm. bottom? Mm-hmm. If I gave, if I was right, that if I, I want that dark that, world fan fiction that, that I would be a, an, an omega level power bottom, girl. <laughs> I That'd feel be a like great world to live Showtime in. as a bottom has the utmost dramatics. I feel like Showtime as a bottom has watched like, oh, we we do it. We do an access event. I can become a top. And Showtime could become a bottom. 
<laughs> That's how we're going to do. <laughs> it's not fair. I can't do that as as the resident me. I'm, as a resident verse, it's not. I can't do the inversion of myself because the inversion it's, of it's myself nothing. is like what. <laughs> The fr- I can't even say, uh, oh, I exclusively fraught because I don't mind doing that neither. <laughs> People identify themselves that way. <laughs> the opposite of verse is a sign. I mean, yeah. if you don't know what a sign is, is a person who does not enjoy penetrative sex. Um, they can't come in my not house. Just, I don't They're think not at all, but they don't prefer it. They do. All they want to slap and tickle all the time. All the slap and tickling sex I've been having lately. He wants just like they want to have all sex and not like playing my butt. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know. I feel like kind of girl. I'll be, I'll be on deck like, oh well. I mean, I'll, oh, when I get some bottoms, hit me up. Oh, I eat ass, girl. I'm good. I want to get fucked. Come on, I, that was me last butt. night on the apps. That was me last night on the apps. Sometimes, like, especially because I just moved back to Columbus, it's like I don't want to. I don't know what the scene is like right now out here. Uh, we just out of COVID, even though we still in COVID, you know. Um, also, the prep work, it's just like I don't know your vibe. For me right now, I think it's just the stage I'm at. I don't see uh, it as an immediate thing with people I don't fuck with. So I need to have rapport with you first mm-hmm. before we do that. I don't, I don't need a rapport. <laughs> oh, I don't need a rapport. What other cursed ideas? I thought the X-Men needs to dabble in more shit for there can be like, you know, because what other things can there be? It's like, what's the name of that cores that's like fake Green mm-hmm. Lanterns? The and their whole core? power system is Nova Core. Right. I'm like, oh, someone could be the Nova Core. But I'm like, why the fuck would a mutant want to be the Nova Core? That shit kind of sucks. I'd sooner be a part of Sword. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a hanging plot line that I hate right now that we don't know what Abigail Brand is up to right now. The bitch is just doing shit. And you don't want to take your eyes off her too much or for too long. I don't know. She, <laughs> she'll stumble I, around. I, I, She'll fuck around and become a Sorcerer Supreme and you just weren't paying attention and you're just like, why the fuck do you have magic? I really think that that young Cable, I think I think old Cable knows what Abigail was going to do. So that's why he like made sure that his younger version of himself planted himself on the sword station to make sure that so he's he there. Like, he already seen, he's already lived through the future, so I think he probably knows what she's going to do. And that's why Abigail is so paranoid about him. It's like, you don't know what the fuck he knows. And he's designed right. it so you will never know what he knows. I feel like that's the whole point in weakening his his uh, techno his technovirus was to weaken his telepathy. Because the difficult thing about Cable is that he doesn't showcase his powers a lot. But that's why that data page was so important. Because like people will look at that and go, oh, he's not good at it. It's like, no. His powers, his telepathy, and his telekinesis curve towards defense. All of it is just very much his entire telepathic totality is very much like Psylocke uses it to make a knife. So it's all attack. He's all inward is a defense. Like say use it. Right. So there's Sage no getting in there. And 
if he didn't have the techno organic virus, he would be X Man. Stronger right. than yeah. his mama. Because he, he Right. And then he'll mm-hmm. eventually burn out and die. Um, because it's too much ability, too much power. But I feel like Cable knows what's going on because he he definitely goes into a future and has a relationship with was it mm-hmm. Esme that he was dating? It was Esme. Or was it Celeste? I don't know. One of those separate. You know, that, that's, talk, well, that's another thing, too. That's kind of strange that one of the sisters could not remain in a relationship with with Quentin, but the other one could stay in a relationship with Cable. I think it's because with Cable, they were all dating him at one point. He wasn't just dating one of them. He was dating the collective. And I think that, for them, was a different thing. But then, even then, he kind of chose um, yeah. like he chose one over the other. They all fucked with it. They didn't agree with it, but he was still going. He left before that. And then that's when they all made the collective decision. Like, you can't be with Quentin. Sorry, babes. We need to and mobilize uh, Emily's arm formation. Harmed. Was it Sophie? Was that who it was? But whoever, who, whoever he was dating before, I think it was Sophie. Um, Right, and they, they never, never fucked, fucked with, with him. him. Whereas with Cable, they all were date actively dating him, and then he, to Stephen's point, picked one. Right, and plus he's a Summers. Like that's a difference. He's mutant royalty. Right. Versus Quentin, an orphan nobody who may or may not be an Omega level mutant, but like he's not one of the better ones. All he does is die all day, and like you like him because you like him emotionally. You understand him. That's not enough for this girls. I'm sorry, baby. I see. Honestly, I see what he was talking about. Like, sis, you wasting time. Like, just fuck him and throw him away. And you're not even doing that. No, not at all. That'd be common sense. It's like too much like right. Okay, so does anyone else have any more curse statements? Um. I do not. My only final one is Storm as a sub. Um, can you imagine her like letting T'Challa tell her what to do? Never. No. <laughs> no, we're, we, 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 I would go to the writer's house and have a conversation. What are you doing? <laughs> I'd hack into their little, their little group the problematic that. girl. What y'all talking about? What's, what's going on in here? Fix this. Right. I will hack the Discord. I will hack the Discord or wherever they're in talking to each other in. Um, and step in there first, curse out Leah. Say, I feel like you, I feel like this has something to do with you, sis. I feel like it's always, I feel it's like, al- it's always Leah. It's always it's Leah. always you. It's always you. I don't know. I think maybe one of the no, no, I almost oh, suggested something oh. horrible. I was going to say prodigy dating. Here's, here's uh, my cursed idea. You ready for it? Person? I'm actually bracing myself. <laughs> it's taking the mind and spirit of Betsy Braddock and putting her in the body of Connor. That's the cursed idea. Reversing that shit. Who? Putting Betsy back into Conan's body. 
how would we do that? Exactly. Like one, that's a personality. fucking idea. We would ne- never fucking do that. I would hate that for Kwana. She doesn't deserve that. She deserves so much better than that. How dare you? Never do that to my sis ever again. I love that. I love Kawana the way she is. I'm so glad that they freaked her I want her to get a... a it's like she's an inoffensive Electra. Um, uh, costume, though. Like, let's let's get her a cuter costume. We don't need to keep her in the same one forever. Well, I think that's the big thing they always pointed out is that Kawana doesn't have a personality. And I think it's a good thing to me that her storyline is that, oh, shit, I haven't lived my life ever. So I don't know how to like things. I really hope Ray Cole's beating her down. You know he is. Oh, you know he is. She he has an engine. Down. He has an engine up in there designed to wear her out. You probably beating her. I'm not wow, sure Henry. Whoever's outside needs they ass beat. I know, right? I hate living in, in New York sometimes. Like, you know, like noise and shit outside. In the same episode, Henry <laughs> said how much he loves mm-hmm. and appreciates New York. I love and hate it at the same time. I love and hate this place. But my like, final curse idea. Like, I was gonna say my final curse idea is blob or dick. Blob did what? Blob with a little dick, like a little dick Bob. Mm. Like he dropped trout, and it just mm. make me think about having sex with a thick nigga again. Mm-hmm. Isn't it fun? <laughs> I love having sex with, with thick dudes. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it is about a thick nigga in that belly, soft, mm-hmm. up on my butt, mm-hmm. or like, or like, it's like my legs wrap perfectly mm-hmm. around them in the missionary. Not like fucking a thick joint. If you are a thick dude in 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 the New York tri-state area with a huge penis, reach out to me or reach out through our management company at Steven Steven Underwood. I will be fielding. Right, <laughs> my man. Send full body shots. Um, first, I like a headshot. Wear white t-shirts only. White t-shirts only, and then full body shots nude. Thank you. And I and I and I and, I, and, I, and, and you know I just come on in the bedroom, sit your thick ass down, and climb on between these legs and get something that's juicy. <laughs> and What's coming up for next week? Like, <laughs> Nothing about like fucking like fucking fat dudes too. Because fat dudes have never got erectile dysfunction. They never got a problem with their dick. But they're really they get really into it. Well the thing is like, very... like apparent apparently there's some scientific proof that like fat fat people don't have erectile dysfunction versus skinny people. There's some scientific thing in fact about that. I read that somewhere. I don't know where I read that at. No time, do the research. You know, where is, what's medicine doing? What's modern medicine contributing if we don't know the facts? If not, if this? not, I have Royal Honey mm-hmm. by Same. cases. Mm-hmm. And if you like some Royal Honey, mm-hmm. to get that thing started. I wonder why I got a migraine. Um, I took a Royal Honey yesterday. That baby sucked. That thing sucked the life out of me. Like, mm-hmm. my dick was so hard. It was so hard. It would so be taxing hard. your ex gene like that, Henry. Hey, like it, 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 it's like doing kick. You did kick. That's literally what you did. You did kick. It's, like it's not kick. like you did kick. 
That was no like, there's no metaphor there. You did it. You actually did it. I felt like Cecilia Reyes fighting Neo. I was ready. Baby girl. So what's coming up for next week? What kind Giant of we looking forward to? Thunderbird. Eyes. Yes. Marauder. And something else. Yeah. Oh, Marauder number two. Um, I think that's and it, the X-Men books. Is there any else of the X-Men books? I feel like we're getting Strange Academy finale. Are they coming back finally? I, just, I didn't notice it in my, in, in, on the Midtown website. And we're getting um, Nubia, the coronation special. Uh, yes. You need to finish it. I was confused. I was deeply confused. About the motives for who who did it, they they figured out who did it, but and I didn't then, get the motive. Then the, they never the punishment the was, was weird. Also, oh, we all read it. Yeah. Oh, we can spoil it for these people. Um, <laughs> Artemis killed that lady, and yeah. Artemis gave no reason why she killed that lady. Mm. She said, "Bob, reasons were my own." And then, Are you going to tell us? They threw her in jail. That's the whole and point. They let her back out, like the next issue. For My what? assumption is they bound her at powers as an Amazon because they took her strength. I think they took her strength away, and so she's just out in the world, like with her martial arts, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, like come on, like why? Why would you kill somebody? Like, I, like. Like you, like what you mad about? I don't know what she mad about. I feel like it's a pussy. You know, the thing I didn't like either because, like, the thing that kind of pissed me off um, was how uh, Wonder Girl Cassie was going through the whole like, like, like she was uh, Tim Curry and Clue trying to explain I... what happened. I was a girl. So I am a detective in the, the Wonder Woman family. Cassie Sandsmark is the one that I I hate the most. God, I cannot fucking stand her. Go away. The rest of them. Please. She wanna talk them. about but her? Oh God. I understand why um our homegirl Yara was upset about being called Wonder Girl. Right. That's a cursed name. Yeah. Shit. You gonna name me after that bitch? The you girl like, like, fucking like dare you. <laughs> right. Say she didn't let that shit go. She kept on out like yup, yup, yup. <laughs> right. She said she said what exactly what everybody was thinking. Like, girl, what is this? She said, I'm 20-something years old. I'm a grown-ass woman. You call me a girl right. for it. And then she's like, so we can't do two... She's like, honorable. Said, fuck honor. We can't do that? There can't be two of us? There's two Aquaman. Chow, y'all, y'all walking there was like, what is this, honey? Not a white refrigerator, <laughs> which is all I'm <laughs> Not a white refrigerator. So, girl, let's find you a home. <laughs> this she is some like rat shit. Like, like, like they have like a like a non-binary name or like something, Wonder Goddess or Wonder Lady or like Wonder Last, the Wonder, something. or just something else, or something just else. Wonder Warrior. Yeah. Cause even Donna Troy don't want to be called Wonder Girl no more. She just said Donna Troy or Troyer. I Wonder will Chica. say sidebar. I do live for uh, Donna Troy mm-hmm. on uh, Young Justice. Because Donna Troy's a bad bitch. That's why. 
I love it. And I'm really mad we may not get any more of Joelle Jones' work anymore because the work she did on Wonder Girl was amazing. I love the way she does the Esquisitas. Oh, I'm going to miss them so much. Well, yeah, I think that's it. We don't have any more exciting thing coming out. Like, we have just Marauders. Um, really, the XCOM was like the only interesting thing outside the Shadow War happening next week. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm reading Reckoning War, the Fantastic Four, but I don't know the next issue. It's just, it's just Reed Richards. Yeah. And Reed Richards and it's up most. Reed, Reed Richards, Richards is clearly a. We don't like Republicans. In every story he's in. Yeah, clearly the villain of the story. Director of Shield, Reed, oh, Reed Richards. God. Mutant, Reed Richards. Oh, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> like, oh, Henry? Hank? Yes. What? So Hank. Basically, no. He's Call saying Hank. Hank McCoy. Oh. Oh, child, that narc. Mm-hmm. Yuck. When does uh, Axe come June out? June or July? The end of June, early July. Yeah, they're they're really getting ahead. I think they are about to put like full weight behind uh Axe. They must put heavy weight behind Axe. I mean it killed the five. It's war. I told you about your trifling ass people. You never listened to me. Listen, I didn't say I fuck with all the eternals. I said a select few. I said I a select really- few. I like movie Druid, just like I like movie Wanda. I don't like comic Wanda, and I don't like comic Druid. That motherfucker's a snake. He probably owns slaves. He looks like fucking Colonel Sanders. I can't tell if he's supposed to be Asian or just white. I really hope this is the thing where, like, they really outright killed the, the five, and it's not like a whole murder mystery thing. I'm really tired mm-hmm. of murder mysteries going on right now. No, Drew like doesn't do murder mysteries. Drew kills you, and no, then he I hope laughs. We really killed them, and like you know, we killed them to see if you guys want to resurrect them to see if, if this is really what's going on. But like, I really, I, I really hope. I suggest reading into the Eternals, like starting now, Henry. If you're like don't want to wait that long, just walk through it because you will see that definitely the Eternals have the means to figure out like, hey, they can get on the island easy. They can. Is no defense they have against like the Eternals transportation system because they have they use the world itself as a thing. They can transport to anything on the world and everything in between the planet, including the the their pocket dimensions. So they can sneak anywhere. Their uh, Druid's telepathy is the best telepathy and out of all, all the of Eternals, and I think it's fair to say all of them. They have better telepathic defenses than the X-Men, which is saying a lot because I would say the best telepathic defenses that exist in Marvel were the X-Men. But I think they even say it. They're like, they hint as much in the Black Panther comics where they're like, the entire team, they need like inhibitors to stop telepaths and Storm is the only one who can just sit there and do it on her own. And then they're like, when Rogue was a member of the Avengers, she had natural telepathic defenses while everyone everyone else is getting fucked up. Um, so they have mental defenses. They have a whole splash page where they're going through a data page where they explain the levels of the mind and how Eternals naturally build very specific defenses. And it requires not just skill to get through, 
but it requires a powerful will like Thanos to punch through someone's defenses. And it's not so much that it's hard, but it was like, it was laborious. Like you had to you come out the other side having experienced thousands of years worth of warfare. I also just generally think that um, Kieran Gillen's eternal story where they turned Thanos into the uh, eternal, the prime eternal um, is so fucking interesting. Like, it's a cursed idea. I don't know works. how or why it works, but it works because it's giving uh, wicked and divine, but with Marvel characters that you otherwise would not have known or cared about because who used them prior to him that we cared about the story. Because the Eternals are X Men dysfunction amped up to like eleven. So I'm really interested to see how they did it because now they're bringing in the other Eternals. It's not just the main team that you usually see. Like there's the infighting mostly comes down to the fact that the six you know from the movies aren't the primary Eternals. Like they are the champions. They might be the X-Men version of mutant kind, but the majority of Eternals don't like humans and they definitely don't like mutants. And now they're seeing mutants as demons. And so yeah, which isn't wrong. They are. It's wow. just Icarus likes the X-Men. So <laughs> he's an X-Men stan. He's a fan. So he just didn't want to fuck with it. But when it comes down to it, they'd have to fight the rest of their species. Yeah, they're programmed rather than given free will. Just like angels. Yeah, they have no free will. <laughs> No time is fed the fuck up with the allegory Child. in Marvel comics. <laughs> it's a lot of them, and I get it. Like that's how you you essentially tell a story that's relatable to a large group of people. I get that, but like sometimes, girl, can you just tell the story and stop equating this to something the fuck else? Can we just do that? Just do that. I mean, I like the programmed aspect of the Eternals. I think it added a dimension to who they are. That's like it's always been there, but you don't really think about it Um, and how it causes problems with like the people who want to be idealistic, like Icarus. But he's incapable of doing it because he does not have the function of free will to do it. And them asking whether or not that design is a flaw. Because it is a fucking flaw. They're like, literally, you made these decisions arbitrarily. But now that we know you did it selfishly and you had no altruistic purpose outside of us dying for you. Like, uh, take it back and fix what you did. Like that scene where fucking Ajax beat the shit out of Celestial Ghost, that was a good scene. I don't know. Ajax is a crazy girl, and I'll fuck with that. But anywho, that's all I have for this week. Mm-hmm. All right. See you all next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.